keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to the Wrestle Roast Christmas Party Spectacular. We are here live on Zoom. Well, we're not live when you guys are listening to this. We do have a bunch of our beautiful forbidden dorks, uh, you know, listening to us, chiming in in the chat section. Uh, first off, I just want to thank you all for being here. Scott, Robert, and Mike are here. We're going to go through the Wrestle Roasts Awards then a cameo, and then everyone who's a patron who wasn't on this, um, 5 or $10 tier, we are going to be doing a secret roast right afterwards, followed by a review of Dynamite. So big show. Mike, Robert, and Scott, are you guys excited about this? Yes. I'm excited about <laughs> if we had done any of those things, but doing them all, now I'm tired. Oh, okay. Uh, somebody wrote, can Dan do the intro on one take? I think I just did, Mr. Richard Freed. Uh, but we are <laughs> we're excited for this, man. This is our, our annual awards. It used to be the Total F and Marks Awards when it was just me and Scotty. But now we're calling it the Wrestle Roasts Awards. All right. This is, we cannot, I cannot promise it'll be any, it'll be better than Will Smith at the Oscars. That'll, that's, that's about it. But um, yeah, it's the only thing that the more, the sadder. It's the only thing, even scientifically, that is the more the sadder. Will Will Smith's slap at the Oscars had a better impact than TNA this year. I think I want to leave match of the year, male wrestler of the year, uh, female wrestler of the year, and then the worst wrestlers of the year for the end. So I'll just start from the bottom. This is one that I didn't even tell you guys, but I think we're going to have a universal... We're gonna have a universal agreement on who's the worst. So to be fair, you sent like thirty categories. We all did research, and the first one's like, I'm just gonna make this up right now. Well, I just wanna, I wanna see if you guys, if you guys will have the same opinion as I do. I think you will. Well, actually, there's two answers for this. Okay, worst on social media, Mike. Oh, Ryback. Well, I know, I know the obvious answer, and it is, and someone else is gonna have it. And yes, Tony Khan is terrible, but but right Tony, back, like, Tony no Khan, one. Tony Khan has some redeeming quality in that. At the end of the day, he will do whatever he has to to promote his product, even if the rest of the tweet has nothing to do with it. Ryback is just garbage. Ryback, I mean, we have like roasted murderers on this show. I think Ryback is all of our least favorite person we've ever roasted. <laughs> I, I mean, I kind of would agree with that. Also, Tony's kind of believable. Like, uh, 
you know, he'll comment on an episode of Attack of the Clones that aired before Rampage. And, you know, he started from the beginning of Attack of the Clones and watched it before <laughs> Rampage. It's got it's got. And, you know, he also owns Attack of the Clones and has <laughs> Disney Plus. But yeah, he still yeah. watches it when it's on TV. <laughs> Ryan Steele just wrote, Tony at least has some fascinating uh, just tell me what you want me to fuck energy. About. <laughs> I love that. Oh man, McGruber, the most underrated movie ever. Uh, I'm gonna go with. No, Bron- I, I think the word. The- I'm sorry. I'm gonna go with Braun Strowman just because of all the Saudi stuff and the fact that he like got his job back and then just immediately fell on his fucking face from it. Um, Robert, what were you saying? The worst is probably Dave Meltzer because he feels the need to answer everyone who says no matter if even if they're sarcastic, he feels the need to give like an eight tweet explanation as to why they are wrong. Um, and it's it's sad that he's doing that and still won't respond to Dan. You want to know why <laughs> Ryback is the worst? Here's here's why Ryback is the worst. He made everyone here sympathize with Vince McMahon this year. <laughs> I believe this was the year of the your mother's a whore and I'm glad she's dead. Tweet. Oh yeah, that was a big Vince one. Was here. <laughs> Ryback. <laughs> yeah. Vince, that's the first time Vince was interested in Ryback, though. He's like, God damn, that's a good angle. Where was that all those years? <laughs> Where was that? We're gonna burn my mother out and you're gonna fuck her in front of everybody. And then eat a chicken sandwich, and we're gonna have to watch it. <laughs> Uh, um, all right, let's get to Scott. What's your who do you think, who do you think was the worst under social media this year? But all these are good answers, by the way. Braun, Tony, Ryback, uh, they're all Meltzer, they're all good answers. Yeah, no, usually, usually it is, uh, it is Meltzer for me because it's just too much and it's overwhelming and he has something to say about everything. If yeah. not him, maybe like a Bubba Ray. I haven't even checked out Bubba Ray's. Best at social media. Uh, who was it that was canning her farts? Was that Shotzi? She's the best <laughs> at it. I'd say Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose chose it over wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> she made a million dollars. Yeah. Wait, uh, Drake Wirtz this year or 2021? I don't even know. Someone just it asked was, that. It was, it, was, it was last year. It they, was, these yeah. all, like, time is a flat circle. Everything has blended yeah. together. Unfortunately, he choked on the red pill most underutilized i you know this is i'm gonna i changed this for my own self but i'm gonna say this i I said overutilized i know that's the opposite of underutilized. (laughs) what the fuck is going on here so the first category you just made up now under under you just change it underutilized could be like anybody but most overutilized is AJ Styles because I think AJ's fantastic, but he's being he should be a special attraction like Shawn Michaels. I got this from Scott's opinion, by the way. But I don't uh, remember that. You always say these are my opinions, and I think I like there's like two percent of what I said is kind of there. Okay, Scott, what's your answer? Most underutilized. Um, AJ Styles, I think. <laughs> <laughs> No, underutilized is really tough for me because there's so you want to say like a Rusev, but you don't know the backstage politics of it all. Um, my underutilized is also my my worst booked wrestler uh, it, because I think it goes hand in hand when it's someone like Brian Danielson. I think um, there's a way to utilize him to make your company profitable 
in, in a bigger way uh, that, to make more eyes on it. And he's not used in that way at all. Like that Ethan Page match last night was so unbelievable and it made me so happy. And it was like, oh, good for Ethan Page in terms of like, himself because other than that it doesn't really affect anything you know like it made us pop and we liked it a lot and it was great for both of them to have a great match but it doesn't actually affect ethan page and any way he's going to get paid in the future um but i literally think you could book brian danielson in a way that everybody he faces could come out making more money after the fact so brian yeah. danielson is the most hundred could not agree more robert uh, yeah, so uh, we have underutilized and, and worst booked. I missed two different people because I, I think worst booked is definitely Miro in that you had him under contract. You didn't use him. When you did use him, it was not good. And then it sounds like the reason he's not there where they were like, okay, we haven't put you on TV in a couple of months. We're going to bring you back just to beat you randomly. Uh, and he's like, yeah, no, I'm good. But I think the most underutilized talent uh, is Kofi Kingston. Kofi is still. Robert? And he's gone. <laughs> I like looking at his frozen face on this. Oh, Jonathan said FTR. Uh, I mean, I can agree with that, obviously. Mike, who do you think is the most underutilized? Uh, logic and reason on AEW booking. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. You know what? I was going to say FTR because, like, those Briscoe matches, yeah, they were great in a in a fucking dead company. Like you could have had those on your TV that matters. Um, I I think that uh for how great FTR are, um every you know, every problem with them has been the booking, you know. So it's like Miro, it's them. Uh yeah, I I I'd also say Darby. I mean, we got a little hint yesterday, maybe more, but like Darby just being Sting's son, like just him and Sting doing the movie Dutch every week is a waste of Darby. Well, the uh, the we're going to stay on Mike because he came up with this category, um, which is sle sleaziest promotional tactic. Mike, what do you got? Vince McMahon addresses the WWE universe. <laughs> followed by Vince McMahon addresses the WWE universe on Raw. Followed by Stephanie McMahon addresses the WWE universe <laughs> about Vince. Um, those were all really fucked up. Um, and and when we look back, you know, this Vince story, we will remember for years. This was such like a massive story, probably not even the last time we talk about it today. Um, but those immediate like announcements within the story of and all being like, what the fuck? Dude, whenever <laughs> there's a PR, I mean when whenever there's a PR debate, whenever there's a PR nightmare, you can always count on the McMahons to somehow make it worse. You know, I'll, yeah, I'll just say this. I was, I was watching, there's like, there's like a, a Black Mirror episode where like robot bees like attack people who are, who hate like on Twitter in the end. I want robot bees to go after every person that chanted, thank you, Vince. <laughs> At all three of those fucking events. Dude, people, wrestling fans just like chanting. We would be, <laughs> we, we would be like the easiest Nazis ever to turn. Um, well, what's uh, what do you got for sleaziest promotional tactic this year, Robert? 
You went from Nazis to me. That really made me a little nervous there. <laughs> uh, no, I, I also had the uh, the the Vince when they they teased it out that they were going to be giving him a live microphone and let him go out there on TV and and his statement was pretty truncated and it was just kind of like thank you and then he left no it was literally someone put it uh, but now that was together really that was, uncomfortable uh, <laughs> first robert's uh connection is not great on this scott who do you got for sleazy's promotional tactic yeah no it's it's the vince tweet before the announcement on smackdown it's the like uh well, f- figure I'll retire today. Like it was very just, <laughs> you know, I think I might go for a walk for once in my life. It was very odd. It was, it, it was the end of the Truman show without him trying to escape at all, at all. It's just, yeah. I'm gonna no, go, you know, I'll go a little bit different than you guys. I'm going to say, uh, you know, this is more of like a, a yearly thing. And I think this is going to be just an annual and that's Tony Khan dusting people off for Diversity Month. Like yes. the only time we see, yes. the only time we see Sunny Kiss is like in a montage about like Black History Month or Pride Month or something like that. And you know, it's 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 just like kind of insulting. You know, um, I skipped over this most underrated. I'm gonna go. I mean, this is this guy's going through. You know some shit right now but i'm gonna go with riddle man i think he could be a tippy top guy and like you know the last time he was on wb television he was you know kind of relegated to this weird elias tag team and yeah i just uh i, I just think the guy's got a, a shitload of talent so mike who do you got for underrated most underrated i am gonna go with um i'll say uh hobbs i think there's so much more money in him than what they're doing. Um, I think he could be a legit massive star if they push him right. You know, um, we'll, we'll definitely see him on TV in February, but uh, hopefully after that as well. Scotty. It is uh, somehow the Briscoes in that they have had three of the best matches this year um and they've only had like four or five matches this year we're not allowed to acknowledge them on aew uh they're like under the floor they definitely will not be dusting them off for black history month they they won the titles and that's super exciting but then there's also barely any real acknowledgement of that because of whatever situation or non-situation they're in robert okay robert is um been taken away by uh, the house of black i guess i don't know he's gone shocking moment of the year i think this one could be the same for anybody but everybody but vince stepping down i i think that's not just the shocking moment of the year um it's the shocking moment of the decade so i i would say i really thought that peacock show was gonna go man <laughs> it there's still a shot we're actually <laughs> All we need is for Steve to. All right, I don't want to get into it, but we're close. We're real close. Uh, God damn it, Jerry! We're close. We're close. <laughs> all right, Mike. Uh, who do you who do you got for most shocking moment of the year? I mean, you know that that that's the obvious answer, um, and and it's totally valid. Um, but you know what I'm gonna say? 
a grown man biting another man <laughs> in the ass <laughs> in 2022. Because <laughs> because we all have to, we all heard it, we all saw the scrum. Then we heard about the fight. But then when we all heard about the bite in the fight, <laughs> we were like, what the fuck? <laughs> and to see to see a guy cut a promo that was actually pretty good on a Wednesday and then bite Kenny in the ass <laughs> on a Sunday is the most like we knew Vince, they were coming for Vince for years. But I didn't think we would be talking about someone biting someone. <laughs> In 2022. I, I still think I don't know if anyone here is close to A Steel, but I think he'd make a perfect fifth co-host for this podcast. I really do. <laughs> um Robert, what do you got for most shocking moment of the year? What you can't talk? No, I think Zach needs to let him talk. There uh, we go. <laughs> All right. What, 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 what I said from this internet debacle, he has even less hair. If you know thank it. you. Yes. <laughs> Uh, what was the, what the what the fuck's the question? What'd you make up now? Best fucking wrestling snack to eat while watching a show. Most uh, Cheetos—they're great. Most, most shocking moment, Robert. Most shocking most, moment of the year. And I mean, to me, it's pretty easy. It's the it's the Vince McMahon tweet. Um, I, I think the given the fact that most of us that were there were convinced the only way that he was going to be gone was going to be in a pine box, and for him to announce it on social media, which he doesn't know how to use made it even more fun because i can picture like and granted he didn't type it whoever the fuck they have running it's like he finger types like it takes him like eight minutes to type out a a a sentence but the fact that that was how he announced it and that that is the end of a major major era uh of pro wrestling was by far the most shocking moment which is tough in a year where like i just put a random list of like things that in any other year would have been the most shocking moment and probably aren't even like top five, top 10 most shocking moments. Like you had Big E breaking his neck. People don't even remember that happened this year. Cody leaving AEW and showing up in WWE. Andrade beating up Sammy. Eddie Kingston beating up Sammy. Ty Conti probably beating up Sammy. Uh, Like Ring of Honor, like got purchased by Tony Khan. Then there was that weird forbidden door pay-per-view and WWE had a, a wrestler on a New Japan show. And none of this matters. It's literally just... Vince McMahon is gone theoretically until he's back next year. Uh, and then obviously whatever happened at, uh, at all out. You know, if he didn't look like such a damn ghoul, the last few, few times we saw him, I think there'd be like, I would connect more with it, but he seemed so not present anyway, the last two or three years, decades. Well, you know, at least he looked good though. Sometimes I was, je- I, I even I was jealous of his hair as a child. That's pretty impressive, uh, to be jealous of the way a man can comb his hair. Have you heard that story about like why he doesn't? Sh- Apparently, he can grow this beautiful lush beard. And then uh, what if somebody said, "Well, why can't you? Uh, why don't you try growing it once?" And he said, "Because I can't let it win." <laughs> it was just like the craziest thing. Scott, what was your um, what was your most shocking moment of the year? For me, it 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 really was. Um, oh, and someone just kind of wrote it. I'm not reading completely, but um, Stone Cold Steve Austin returning in a match is like genuinely the most shocking moment. Yeah, for sure. It's, I mean, it's it's pretty insane, and it may happen again. So um, he may even be in a cartoon someday. Uh, all right, uh, that would be shocking. 
<laughs> okay, this is, I believe this is uh, Mike Lawrence's category. Most Coke-inspired Tony Khan booking decision. I am uh, just going to say three words. All-Atlantic title. Mike. <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly wins a battle royale. Scott. Partially because Kyle O'Reilly looks like sentient cocaine. <laughs> Scotty. Uh, Jeff Jarrett in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Robert. The pizza guy wrestling on television. Did he wrestle? Or whatever the fuck he did. He was well, he on got, television. That was, a, that was a joy, Robert. That was, yeah, that was a too bad. Joy. That was, that, no, that was, he, he definitely did a line and was like, hey, you know, it'd be a really great idea. There's this guy who wrestles and he, he also, you know, makes pizza. We're in. Nah, that's a payday for a guy, you know? His well, name is Luigi Primo. <laughs> you put some fucking respect in anchovies on his name. Hey, I put the respect <laughs> on his name. But yeah, he's been on he's been on Dynamite more well booked than Miro. Do you think Tony's going to be able to bring his race car bed to rehab? <laughs> I, I thought you said race card for a second. I'm like, oh god, is he going <laughs> to bring, bring that? Yes, he 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 got that after the Anthony Agogo situation. <laughs> this is another one I think I added last minute. So just for Robert, uh, Rookie of the Year for me, Logan Paul. I mean, he just shut us all the fuck up, man. Uh, I mean, like, you know, like his match against Roman was one of the best WWE matches of the year. And, you know, his debut match against Mysterio was very good. Um, you know, did he ever get the reactions that he was supposed to get? Like, as far as being jeered? No, but he may now. He may actually now after that match. So, uh, yeah, I would say Logan Paul is, uh, is, is rookie of the year. Though somebody wrote, Rick Ross, and I mean, I can't disagree with it. That was that was really fun. Um, Mike, who do you got? Um, well, you know, I was gonna say Action Bronson, but no, I'm gonna go. You know, I was looking up the AEW roster this year, and this is this blew my mind. Wheeler Yuta was made all elite in April, <laughs> and now, but he's been so booked. Like, and I don't even like him. He's got the personality of Burnt Wood, and. Um, you know, but like, it is amazing the amount that the guy has been on TV <laughs> and is in like a high level stable, um, and, you know, and is not Danny Garcia. So those are three reasons, uh, I would say Wheeler Yuta. All right, Scotty. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to constitute what's a rookie of, you right. know, like how long has right. Yuta been? True wrestling so it is tough so the logan paul thing i mean i think that's a genuine case in that he wrestles like like aj styles or will osprey like i know it's a match one match and it's planned out but he is so good at what he does uh he comes off like genuinely athletic and impressive i'm gonna have to say dave caverell beats all of us and he said qt's hair plugs QT's hair plugs. Yeah. He's also like, I mean, every celebrity this year just almost exposed wrestling. Like Knoxville had one of the best matches of the year with Zane. Uh yeah, celebrities just kind of showed up this year. Some uh Robert. I think they've gotten, I think it's I think that's a few things, Scott. I think they've gotten better at picking. They've gotten better at managing. Cause I mean, you look at Bad Bunny last year, right? Like that was a great match. It's like know what the limitations are and i think they get the right people sure yeah um 
No, Logan Paul is a great choice. I think, again, this is one where it's tough because I think I would have had this guy as probably best debut uh, would be Solo Sokoa in the main roster just because that guy came in as a top guy from from the beginning and he's been booked as such since then. And it's so rare you have someone who they're like, this guy is important and they've still managed to keep him as important. And he's now kind of evolving into this new Umaga, which hopefully won't end with him as the new Umaga. Don't but I think it. he's been fantastic uh, in that role for having been really active. I mean, on the main roster for only a couple months and feels like a guy who, if you put him in a main event feud, it feels like he would belong there on an episode of Raw or SmackDown. Is there is there a guy that that's listening to us from like a store? Ryan H. is is he like a cashier? He's currently robbing a convenience store in between <laughs> doing this. He is. He's, that's he's amazing. Oh that's, oh, that's awesome, amazing, bro. Dude, uh, that's awesome. God yes. bless you. He's, he's not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> we see him, oh, we, see him get, we see him get held up by Teddy Hart. <laughs> yeah, more, 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 more entertaining than Clerks Three. Oh, for sure. All right. Uh, okay. Was that, was that the, punching uh, down? The worst, worst book of the year. We'll keep on you, Robert. Who do you got? Uh, worst booked. I, I think I, I kind of touched on it before, but it's it's Miro. Uh, it's a guy who left WWE and demonstrated all of this charisma and energy, and they didn't do anything with him. He should be a main event guy on AEW. There's no reason why he's not. He's great in the ring. He's great on promos. He's safe. He's a guy people like working with. He's a guy fans like watching, and he's been relegated to non-existence. And I think that kind of is the most damning thing about Tony Khan that you keep signing guys and signing guys. You have a dude right there who's legitimately a main eventer and he's doing nothing but, you know, filming his wife for OnlyFans. <laughs> hey man, he's doing God's work there. God, who do you got? Well, what it, it's most under underrated, underutilized. No, worst booked. Worst booked. Oh, worst booked. Okay. So you, um, I know you won't pick AEW. Well, no. So worst booked is, uh, it's specifically FTR, and here's why. It's, yeah. I think it's one of the reasons I can't put them under under underutilized is because they are used, right? Like Dax is used a bunch. They have titles. They do wrestle other places and whatnot. They wrestled last night just uh, in Mexico. So, uh, and they lost there. They lost the triple eight uh, tag titles. We'd like to apologize for him saying so, Mexico. Uh, so it's not, it's not that they're not being used. It's this, that they're being used, just used. Like there's no storyline where even if you don't want to put the AEW tag titles on them, you could tell a really cool storyline, not involving tag titles that people could get excited about and hyped about that involves emotion and like genuine heat and beef and if anybody could pull it off it's fucking dax and uh cash so yeah i think they really failed on putting them on tv but not putting them on tv in a way that would make those pops like also become tears and other emotions we could have got out of them if there was any storyline other than them wrestling well yeah but they're opening the door for best podcast of 2023 oh i'm pumped for that and uh, a little nervous might jump over to his patreon uh mike who do you got hangman adam page interesting 
and I'll and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Look how over he was when he won in November 2021, and how excited we were. And the first the first uh, match with Danielson, great. That's a great. And then it just the Archer thing and Cole. And by the time it was May, we were begging for the title to be taken off him. Now I do think they're course correcting. And I've liked the last few promos that he's done. I think he's being human in a way that he hasn't before. But, I mean, you know, putting him with fucking Cole on a world title on a Friday at 4.30 just made him feel like such a joke. And it, to his detriment. And I, and I, you know, look, I was harsh on him, but I really do think it was the booking and not him. So I would go, I would go Hangman Page. All right, well, we'll keep on you. Best booked of the year. Best booked of the year. I would go, um, hmm, I would say, um, how do you, gonna, you know Roman. what? I'm going to go, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go the acclaimed. The I'm going to go the acclaimed, and I'll tell you why, because it fucking worked. I don't know, you know, it like, they might get other awards for me coming up. I, I think they, uh, but just everything about those dudes, like it, they figured it out. The company figured it out with them. Yeah. And they are now one of the most over acts. And I don't think a lot of people would have said that in January. And so when I had to think of the whole year and where they are now and how over they are and the fact that they had an organic over match at all out. You know, um, I, I would say those guys. Uh, I, I even think people like were the saying shit- Sami Zayn, and the, a lot of people were saying Sami Zayn in the chat. And my thing is that, like, yes, he was booked really well, but he was almost better than his booking. You know what I mean? Like, he made like he made the like, like the booking more than the booking made him. That's why yeah, I, I just I just think you know you know you know one of the things I think that like really works for uh, the acclaimed. It's like last night that that Jared video, like having them do videos, like. It's two minutes of TV time, but it means so much more than putting them out there in a 20-minute match. And that, to me, is what good booking is, like making the most of the television time in a way that, I mean, let, let's let's be honest. One of the most shocking moments of the year, Billy Gunn is fucking over in 2022. Dude, Who saw that over, coming? Over, over. Yeah. So that's my pick. All right, Scott, who do you got? Best book of the year. Yeah, best book is The Acclaimed. I mean, it's even... They're they're so well booked. It's been to a detriment to a few other teams. But 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 he's going to get. They're going against Jarrett and Lethal. You know, like how it's irrelevant. It's 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 that December holiday moment. It doesn't mean anything. I know. So I saw someone on the Facebook was like the acclaimed loss to Jarrett and Lethal, and it was like no Billy Gunn and whoever. I didn't even watch it because it was on Rampage. But it wasn't like you know it wasn't Caster and Bowens teaming together, and so let them lose in a match that is kind of irrelevant. They were so well booked. And also they're, they're one of the only groups in AEW that would come out and do like a three minute segment or a seven minute segment, or like, like it wasn't just long match after long match, which is so common with everybody. They kind of did things differently with them. And because of that, it felt like they were utilized well. And that means they were the best booked. Everybody else. It's kind of like, go out there. You're given 20 minutes, do what you can do. And people do. And because they're great at what they do, but I feel like the acclaimed were were given time specifically to succeed uh, in like a much like tighter, 
um specific way like tony knew what he was doing with them yeah, they were on a they were on a pay-per-view in like a two minute long vegas dumb video segment and it was one of the most entertaining things on the show i mean a lot of their shit is super cringe like all those videos don't look good it's like in, no. in, insanely embarrassing once it starts and you it's feel just, bad for all the kids who want to be playing on that playground yeah it's just all of a sudden they start hitting good lines because they're good yeah and yeah so i don't know Best book. Right, Robert, sure. we got two votes for uh for the acclaimed, one vote for Roman. It seems like the chat uh has mostly been into Sammy. Robert, who do you got for best uh, book? My my vote for best booked is Gunther. Uh I think that that was a guy who Vince was leading very quickly into I don't like this guy, I'm gonna just slaughter him and he's gonna be gone. And since Hunter has taken over. Not only does he seem like a legitimate <laughs> top tier threat, uh, his matches feel like events when they happen on SmackDown. The Intercontinental title feels important. And the idea of him facing Brock at WrestleMania kind of makes sense. It doesn't feel like it's just, all right, we need something for Brock to do. It's That's going to be a lot of fun. You've got Sheamus and Drew, who both are now going after him for the Intercontinental title. That ladder match they did at Madison Square Garden for the the house show they just had where it was like Ricochet and Nakamura and Santos Escobar and all those guys. Like, There's a lot of versatility in what Gunther can do, uh, but giving him back Imperium, Imperium, letting him look like a monster, and at no point have they let him show ass. Like he is going to make them a lot of money. And that's really great booking as opposed to Sami Zayn, who elevated nonsense they gave him at any point in time. And the acclaimed have also kind of overcome a lot of what Tony Khan did. Like they were just irrelevant for the first few months of the year, unfortunately, and now have gotten an opportunity to shine because they've been on TV every week. So maybe by default, they're best booked because Tony likes to let them appear on, on uh, dynamite every week, as opposed to most guys who just vanish for like months at a time. Dan, you're muted. <laughs> My bad. Uh, best Seam referee. seamless show we got here. <laughs> best referee. I'm going to go with Mike Posey, who is the referee for the uh, Briscoe's FTR dog collar match guy took an incredible bump and he really i think added to the brutality of the match um i love jessica carr there's people that i i i i, I mostly like the i mean i like the wwe uh wrestler referees way better than i like the AEW ones but um i thought that that guy was was awesome and i kind of want to see if AEW hires him but he'll probably be relegated to ring of honor um scott uh, I, I'm voting for Aubrey just because she's like the most identifiable. She doesn't seem to get in the way. I haven't noticed her lately, which is good in a referee, unless she hasn't been there. Mike, who do you got? Yeah, Aubrey. They made an action figure of her. You can get the ring with Aubrey. That's, I mean, she to me is AEW. Like when I put on the show and I see her, I feel like, oh shit, I'm watching AEW. Like she's synonymous with the company. All right, Robert. Referees don't get names. They don't exist. They're not They're not real. Uh, thus no, say right. Vince McMahon. Also, <laughs> my second answer would be a tie for anyone who's not Bryce Remsburg, who is the worst referee of all time because he makes it entirely about him and not 
anybody in the ring. Because uh, I see these people saying in the chat, like, oh, Bryce isn't that bad. I'm like, no, Bryce is, Bryce is that bad where there, there are wrestlers I know who have requested to never have him be the referee in their matches because he makes it all about him and not them, which is never what you want for a referee. Uh, also, Jessica Carr is very good, but uh, referees don't have names. They're, they're like the things from Game it's, of Thrones. It's, I don't it's remember. only been a half hour or 40 minutes of this podcast. And Robert has already turned heel on the few fans we have, folks. Well, it took a little bit for my Wi-Fi to start working properly. And when I moved well, closer also, to the router, now I can also, get angry. Also, Robert found out that the Drake Words thing happened last year, so that he lost his pick. <laughs> <laughs> he All can right, still well, be my favorite referee, Mike. <laughs> Well, this was going to be a yeah, fun. Now we just now we just referees PTA meetings. Okay, wrestle crap of the year. So this doesn't mean this is stuff that happened like in storyline. This is kayfabe kind of stuff. Yeah. And and for me, I would say everything Judgment Day until they kicked out Edge. Uh the first couple months of of Edge in Judgment Day was just like would it flop sweat as as robert would say it was for nobody it was just like an old man trying to be cool at a hot topic and i love edge and i think Rhea and dom have made that group awesome now but when he was the head of it man he had these those promos with damian priest where i just wanted to jump off a fucking bridge uh robert who do you got for there what is, do you got for wrestle crap of the year there there is only one answer and one answer only for this. You have to go in, in your time machine uh, to an era before uh, middle of the year. And the tweet went out that Vince McMahon was gone. Vince had not been on television in a very long time. And he returned to bring a golden egg that was then stolen by <laughs> that Austin this year? Theory. That, that was this was, year? That was the Royal Rumble. Oh, my God. And the golden egg is what launched the career of Austin Theory. I mean, I forgot about the Golden Egg. I thought that was 2021, but whoa! Someone's saying that was Survivor Series. That's Survivor Series. I thought that was Royal Rumble this year. Hero. Oh no, Robert, put the gun down. It's okay. They don't. <laughs> they don't fucking that. idiot! You, you, you stupid piece of shit! It's, uh, it was Survivor Everybody's Series. Everybody's going back on, on Robert. Year. This it's is like terrible. This is like when they threw the belt back at Cody. You know, <laughs> guys, uh, it's not like it's not like Robert's the only one here who. Covers all of WWE. By the way, does a review. That's every- all right. That's all right. I did have a backup, which was Veer finally debuting and now vanishing again. Hey, he's back on NXT. I'm, I'm starting to watch NXT again. So As I right. said, vanished and never seen again. <laughs> all right. Scott, wrestle crap of the year. Wait, wait. Someone said Shane at, Shane at the Rumble was this year when yes. Vince yeah, died. Yeah, it was. That was yeah. amazing. But that's not <laughs> – someone said that Dan Lam- – everything Dan Lambert was very, very bad. Uh, but for me, it's the, the Uncle Howdy thing of uh, – it being revealed that it's not Bray, it's a different person, and then he's laughing. This was like two weeks ago, and he's going like, ah, 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 ah. I just thought it was really, really terrible and corny and embarrassing, and um, for that to happen so quickly is rough. Okay, I'm going to go, and I will always bring this up, the only time that AEW has ever had an overrun when the show ended at (laughs) 10.05, The debut of Satnam Singh, who still has not wrestled, who has been there all the time, just standing in the back, 
He was in the uh, the the, the Jarrett uh, uh, Lethal rap last week. Um, but man, when they did the lights out and then Snotnum came out, that was bad. That was some real wrestle. That was like vintage wrestle crap. Like he he looks like he should be in the Dungeon of Doom. You just wait um, when he wrestles up, and he's better than Osprey. You're gonna eat your words because he's one in a billion, Mike. Oh, my, might... my 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 runner up would just be Jericho. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, I, I I mean, I really do. I mean, somebody just wrote, um, which is I think Dancing Shanky, which uh, we forgot that happened this year. I mean, that was pretty pretty rough. I think that was that was well, I don't know, not as bad as the overrun, but definitely a weird gimmick. Marina um, Shafir's hat, uh, yeah, there. Blossom. Like the the MMA Blossom. That's what Marina Shafir is. Um, Were those Lacey Evans promos this year? Because those were fucking wrestle crap. The ones on TV or the one when she went online and said vaccines cause autism? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so that's how I got it. (laughs) Yes, by watching Lacey Evans promos. Yeah. Um, All right, best commentator. For me, it's got to be Taz, man. This year is Taz's... Really, like every time Dynamite, if, if, I was just watching last night at uh, Dynamite, and he he was just all you know, just casually really funny, and not and not so much that he's distracting from the show. But for me, it's it's Taz, no question. Mike, somebody said Wade Barrett, and I have to disagree. Wade, Wade Barrett, Barrett, huh? Sound, he just sounds like a dog that came to life, like a Saint Bernard, like. I'm going to teach you to believe in Christmas. Um, <laughs> He's not Michael Caine. What the fuck was that? Um, I'm going to, yeah, I think it's Taz. Like at the beginning last night when he was like just riffing on champagne and just having fun. I think, I think, you know, I don't, I don't know if he had best booking decision, but I think one of the best decisions Tony made this year, and there's not a lot of them, was putting Taz in that lead on Dynamite every week. I think I, I it think was he's... God. I think I think Jr. has something <laughs> happening to him. I think he's dealing wait. with something. Wait, I didn't know this happened. Somebody just wrote. I don't know if it was this year, but Vampiro farting on commentary. And Holy like, shit! Yeah. To a silent pause. <laughs> that was at a triple mania, right? Now, 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 now. First of all, I did not. I did not leave AEW. I I resigned in protest. From all the kicks and flips and women on television. By the way, my best feud of the year, which has been for the last 30 years, is Jim Ross versus God. Like, God has been beating him 30 years in a row, and JR is still going. So, God bless you. Uh, best commentator for me, I think, is uh, Pat McAfee, just because he's he brings such a joy when he's doing commentary that was severely lacking in WWE for a while. And even during the Vince era, he was able to uh, say whatever he wanted. He didn't have to worry about the rules and you got excited because of what he was saying, which is what a commentator is supposed to do. I think Taz has been great the last few months. Pat on game day has been excellent. And I, I do miss him being on SmackDown, I look forward to when he's back and when he's going to be doing WWE commentary again. But I think that he was something really, really special, uh, and they managed to not ruin it. Scott, you already said Taz? Yeah, dude, it's definitely Taz. Usually it's Kevin Kelly, but so much of it has been remote, and there's just, you know, 
and the crowds in New Japan, nobody's been able to clap or cheer. So there's like a disconnect in terms of commentary and crowd and whatnot. So it's got to be Taz. He's the shit. He's so good at it. The, the people in the comments are saying that we missed um, uh, Daddy Magic Matt Menard on uh, AW Dark. No, yeah, he's didn't. funny. On, no, he's funny on it, though. I mean, Seriously. obviously not best, but he's funny. Well, on it. The, well, the well, only well, commentary well. I heard of him was last year when he did the cameo for Mike. Yeah, if, if a tree falls in the woods and no one is there but Matt Menard doing commentary, <laughs> does it count as best commentary of the year? I also I, don't know which one of them is Matt Menard. Yeah, no, there's Matt Menard's the one with the big head. He's uh, the one who talks like this. Yeah. Piper Piper on more coke. <laughs> All right. Um this is uh for best stable. Who do we got? I'm gonna go with Bloodline. I don't know how anyone can say anything different. Mike. Yeah, yeah. I mean, worse stable. We could be here for a while then. We could be here for, made for it another four hours but... for worse stable. Parker Bordeaux's yeah. been on like five of them, so yeah. But well, you know, we don't we we we, we that stable of horses. Uh, Sonny sucked off on only things. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh. and worst, worst, worst sable is anytime she says Brock. I don't want to do the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> God, right. that's a joke. That's a joke. She never talks back. Yeah. She never talks back. <laughs> All right, but so yeah, we- it's the it's 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 the bloodline, and um, I mean, and the Sammy stuff like made it even better. It's it looked like I I I respect that the biggest company in the world put all their investment in this one stable, and it you know, I don't even want to watch Raw because they're not on it much. Like SmackDown is the show because the bloodline is there, Scott. Yeah, it's the bloodline. Easy. Easily the bloodline. Robert? I mean, you put the biggest star in the world at the forefront of a stable. How could it not be the factory? (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So we got one vote for the factory. Um, Let's go to Lisa. Are they just called that because they all also work at a cheesecake factory? Least improved, I am going to go with Ronda Rousey. I think ever since she's come back from the Rumble, she hasn't looked as good in the ring, you know? Like, they're kind of onto something with her and Shayna right now. But, uh, yeah, man. Uh, I just, I think she's, it's been really disappointing watching her return, especially after that huge pop she got at the Rumble. So, I'm going to go with Ronda Rousey for least improved. Mike? I am going to go um, with Moxley. Moxley, just I'm, I'm done with him. It's the same shit. He was given these bigger chances. He was the company guy, made to carry the company, and he has the same matches. They're boring. He bleeds against jobbers. Uh, he sucks. Get off my TV. <laughs> he just gets so fucking angry <laughs> he really thinks that after he says a thing he like pushes a button and they disappear forever <laughs> Eat shit and scott, die, scott also thinks it's bragging scott, scott also thinks it's bragging when i say get uh, uh get off my tv because scott watches everything on his fucking phone uh, that was kind of a lame comeback while watching 
watching people no, have better good. sense than him. All right. <laughs> All right. Wait, what? What the we, had to, we had to go after the career. Mike can't, Mike can't take a loss. He can't take yeah. a loss. He's got to go deeper yeah. and harder. He's got to be like, I'm going to just, oh, you have a dead dad. What can I yeah, do? While visiting his father's grave. I did not. I did not mention Scott's dead dad this time. Okay. Least, uh, least improved is is Ronda. And dude, look, I agree that Mox, it's like it's become exhausting and whatnot. But Ronda has like actively gotten worse considering her first her first match, definitely, which is like a WrestleMania moment and the best match that year uh, at Mania. But uh, yeah, it, she's just she's gotten so bad that we're all questioning if she likes it, if or if she wants to be there. And that's that means she's doing very, very poorly. I can't think of anybody else that people are questioning if they like wrestling. Um, I mean, mo- I mean, there's a lot of people that don't like wrestling, but uh, they're not, you know, the women's champion of SmackDown, you know, <laughs> Robert. Um, no, they're the people who are on our Patreon, but still watch it anyways. <laughs> Robert, uh, least, imp- least improved. Scott's dead, dead. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh uh, I had Rhonda. Yeah. Ronda All right, awful. cool. Thank you. Robert really coming in with a Statler and Wardoff. <laughs> All right, I fucked it up. Um, most improved, this for me, it's got to be the acclaimed, man. I mean, I'll have him up man, for another award later on, but they got went from like, you know, a rampage staple to the hottest tag team in wrestling. So I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to go with that. I'm going to have to go with the acclaimed Mike. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I'd go with them. You know what? I'm going to go with Sami Zayn, and I'll tell you why I, he's always been great. This was the year. I think he became like a true hall of famer in the company. Like he's been a great upper mid card guy. Now he's invaluable. Now he's one of those. I think he now he's at that Daniel Bryan level, and I didn't think he was before this. And I think he's a main eventer. And I think just the booking, the he you know there's very few people that are Teflon where whatever they do it works, and whatever you do to them they're still over. I think this was Sammy's year where he's there and. I think that's years of buildup, but it paid off, and the guy's massively talented, and that's my pick. I agree. I mean, I, stay the fuck on my television. Yeah, stay the fuck on my tell. I mean, like I never thought that he would be in the same league as Brian Danielson, and I'd say he's close now, if not in it. He's had a better year than him, that's for sure. Scott, who do you got? Uh, a lot of people are saying in in the chat it is Dominic Mysterio. Um, yeah. And the holiday videos pushed it even further. Uh, the one on Christmas was great. The Thanksgiving one was awesome. Uh, I'm sure they'll do a New Year's one. It's just really, really, really good shit. And he's great at what we hated him for last year. Like the reasons we hated him last year are the reasons we love him this year, which is like he's like an oddly kind of lanky shaped um little prick and then he gets to be that it's just really cool and interesting i mean that that christmas video was great when he just was like i'm not gonna survive in jail please yeah man i mean he's he's so so enjoyable and i don't care he doesn't even have to wrestle he's like the most improved and i'm not talking about in the ring it's just i think we all love dom he's like the best part of uh 
outside of the bloodline, he's the most enjoyable part of WWE, right? Unless Him you're like Rhea. I mean, like I think a it's Gunther a, match a or something. Deal. Like, I don't like, think you could. I don't think he would be nearly as good without Rhea and. I think Rhea would still be pretty good without him, but I don't. I don't think he would be nearly as good as that, Rhea. Robert. Um, so I had Dominic, but I had a backup one in case someone else said it, uh, which is Sheamus. Uh, it's weird to say for a dude that's been around for over a decade, but what he has been able to produce over the course of the year, it went from I never want to see Sheamus on TV again. This is like almost Baron Corbin level of go home uh, to now every match he's in winds up being an absolute blast so much so that I thought his match at clash of the castle was in the running for what I thought was one of the best matches of the year. And everything he's been doing subsequent has been absolutely incredible. And he's a super over baby face, which is really, really weird uh, to, to think, but he's, he's really good. You know, it's kind of like we talked about with Seth Rollins of really putting it together Sheamus has put it together after this whole amount of time. Uh, and I'm genuinely excited to see what they wind up doing with him in 2023. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I, 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 I don't I, think we focus enough on just how dumb it is that there's been a wrestler for like 13 years just named Sheamus. It's well, he was Seamus O'Shaughnessy, which is even worse. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's just I what mean, Vince the thinks. Guy every, looks cool. Has Vince He's actually been lo- to Ireland? Like, I'm wondering if Vince just he just names them after all these Lucky Charms characters. No, he went to a Bennigan's once and was like, "Nope, I'm good." <laughs> um, all right, so best heel turn. I'm going back to Dominic again. The heel turn itself was like fine. It was like underwhelming, but I mean, as far as like what he's done as a heel and. You know, like we look at the landscape, you know, there's a type of heel like Gunther, there's the type of heel like MJF, but he really is the best version of this shitty nepotistic, like I think he may even be better at it than Shane was because like Shane at least had a little, Shane it was like different, it's like there's part of you that was like, all right, he should be on TV, but with Dominic it's this weird thing of like being like, on TV, and you're like, this guy shouldn't be on TV, but I never want him to leave my TV. You, you know, no, you know what the difference is? It's you look at Dom and you go, oh, he had a rich dad, but you go, oh, but his rich dad loved him. So what is he complaining about? You look at <laughs> Shane with Vince and it's like, yeah, his dad's rich, but his dad was fucking Vince. That's terrible. Let's <laughs> let's give yeah. him whatever we can. Yeah, I mean, and, and just the stuff with Ray. And I mean, I think even the fact that he doesn't have a great reason for turning on his dad Usually I hate that, and I actually love it in this case because it's all—it's like just bitchy teenager shit of like my dad has always helped me back, you know, like even when he wasn't. So for sure, somebody wrote Dan after the Ric Flair roast is funny. Then someone wrote he was over on Reddit. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, the sign of a heel. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, so who do you got for best heel heel turn this year, Mike? I'm going to go CM Punk because everyone hated him and all he did was tell the truth. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good, yeah. Scott? Oh, okay, so uh, hear me out, all right? Best heel turn this year outside of Dominic because he did a clothesline that was, like, um, unbelievable, right? Uh, amazing moment. But uh, to, to me, I think Christian is the best heel turn because all those promos, we like genuinely were cracking up at all of them. And uh, 
Mike and Dan, when we went to Grand Slam, he cut a promo and we genuinely laughed at it. Like he did a good job. Uh, he's been a fun. It's, it's been a fun heel. Christian, it was hilarious, and it stinks that he's not on TV right now. But uh, well, that's crazy that I'm saying that. But that's because he was so funny and strange as a heel with the turtleneck and this attitude. It was like a little well, his whole attitude. It wasn't like I'm, it wasn't like I'm the best or I want to be champion. It's like no, I'm here to make money. That's yeah, it. Yeah, but it's also like it's Christian's face saying it, you know, and it's just <laughs> yeah. it worked. It was just odd and funny. I liked it. I mean, because uh, you bro- could you could put Jungle Boy, in, I mean, not Jungle Boy, but Luchasaurus in that worst book because, like, that whole feud over the summer and everything, it just felt like. And then now it's like it felt like you know there were injuries in the way, and we just didn't get to see what it should have been. Notice Scott said something positive, and Mike had to find the negative underbelly of it. Well, you have a big underbelly. <laughs> all right glass asses robert who do, who do we got uh dan you were you were close to mine mine is Rhea ripley i think that she has uh finally gotten the role that we all wanted to see her in which is as this uh destructive heel uh she has seen she's the one that turned around judgment day and and made them relevant and compelling I think that her weird little dynamic with Dominic Mysterio is really interesting. The way that they booked her in the women's war games match as this wrecking ball, that when you get her versus Becky Lynch or her versus Bianca Belair, those feel like main event programs. And the Dominic heel character works so well because you believe that Rhea is sort of the central figure of this judgment day group. I I said, I think it was on last week's show or the Patreon or something, someone asked a question of like, what WWE prediction did I have or position that I had that I was wrong? I said that I thought when Finn took over his judgment day, this was going to be his chance to become a real main eventer. Rhea has eclipsed him as the leader of judgment day as the most compelling figure with that group. And as someone that's going to make a lot of money for the WWE going forward. All right. Um, let's move on to theme song of the year. What do you got, Scott? Theme song of the year is the elite coming out to carry on wayward son by Kansas. Good pick Robert. Uh, I love Bray Wyatt's new theme song. I mean, he's I'll, I'll vote on that too. What he is, but that theme song is, is pretty awesome. Can you sing it for me? I'm not familiar. No. Dan. Um, as, as far as, uh, yeah, I just got to think about it for a second. Come on. Give me the mood, man. I forget, but it's like, uh, you know, it's good. It's good. Kid who went to his room it's, it's, after it, being yelled at by his parents and it's he's like, going to get back start? at them. It's, it's like great value Trent Reznor. How does it start? Quiet and then loud. Ding, 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 ding. All right. Oh, well, I guess cool. Scott's trying to prove that we had a terrible, that me and Robert's pick is terrible. But uh, remember, we, remember last year, I will, my favorite moment doesn't on even the count. Show. It's an old 80s song, so whatever. My my favorite moment on the show will always be Robert picking Britt Baker's theme song. Yes. <laughs> the doctor will see. <laughs> It'll never not make me laugh. Oh, because it, it was the only time that they had any sort of character development for the women. And a year later, it's the only character development they've had for the women. But she had that song since she did. This guy, the doctor yeah. will see you. <laughs> it's perfect. I'll go. I mean, yeah, this was last last year. 
There were a lot of great ones. Um, this year, it didn't feel like there were as many. Um, I'll, I'll go. Uh, I'll go Jane, but I. It does feel weird picking licensed songs. Yeah. Wait, Jane? Who's? Oh, oh Jane. Oh, yeah. Orange, Orange Cassidy's Cassidy, yeah. deal. But, yes, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but I liked. I don't know. I, I guess I liked the Pixies song, so I was kind of bummed that that one. I get why they're why they do it, and it makes sense uh, with the Wet Hot American Summer tie-in, but. I don't know. Also, Hook's song is is pretty unique in that when he comes out, it's you immediately know who that is. And very few people start with that sort of low beat uh, to bring someone out there. Right. I just, that was 2021. This is the theme song. It's. Please stop. It's great. I'm trying, actually, I'm trying to listen Dan. to it. I'm, th- Man, I'm 36 like seconds every... into it. I'm listening to it, and it's just a been a one piano key playing. Thank you guys. Thank 25 you. Five seconds. Yes. Yeah. Well, you love Dan. Dan, that that sounded like every 2000 song Jim Johnson had to do with someone else. Some of those were great. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, worst gear. I'm going to say the dumbass red pants uh, Moxley wore against MJF. I fucking hated those pants. I think it. The, the FTR's music does also rule Jordan Garrettson. I thought that that I hated Moxley's outfit for that. I thought it like just took away from him even losing the title in that gear. I hated it. Mike? I mean, Halo, Adam Cole. It did Come look on. like he fit in it for sure. <laughs> just how bulky it was on that little baby body and just smothered in it for a world title pay-per-view main event he came out in a fucking halloween costume it was embarrassing everyone's saying scripts but you know like it's so bad i kind of like scripts yeah uh, scripts looks like a kid won a uh, drawing contest like he submitted <laughs> uh, a wrestler's gear <laughs> scott who do you got for worst gear of the year Ooh, that is tough, man. Strowman's red pants are up there. Um, hmm. I don't know. I didn't write one for this. Robert, you give one, and then and then I'll have one. Come uh, back. John Moxley's like sweatpants that he tends to wrestle in nine times out of ten always like makes him look worse than normal, especially when he was champion and he was just randomly wrestling mid-card guys and he's out there in these weird sweatpants uh it took away from his presentation entirely and he looked uh he looked terrible and it sucks best Scott, gear Scott, Ready? Scott, i'll tell you, you worst gear i'll tell you worst gear and this is a thing that i thought for the entire year honestly the whole time they've been a unit i think death triangle should like sometimes kind of look like dressed like each other at the very least phoenix and uh penta I hate when Penta is dressed like the Joker and then Phoenix is just wearing like a Louis Vuitton gear thing. Like, like there should be some synchronicity. And and the fact that they're together and they're never dressed the same, it, it's worse gear for me. Boom. I'm I'm absolved of not having an answer before. I mean, you don't think you don't think it's Okada when he first showed up in sweatpants? Oh, well, that, that was just wasn't bad. great, but I mean, he's—I mean, his gear is just so tremendous. Yeah, wrestling. but he didn't wear it when he first debuted. He wore sweatpants. No, but it's not—that's not the same thing. He didn't wrestle in it, so you can't say it's gear. Gear is when you wrestle in it. 
But I do, I do understand what uh, what Mike is saying. But I, we have to point out because it happens all the time nowadays when guys run out in their real clothes. Tough guys, they wear silly things. You know, they wear clothes that have clouds on them and shoes that are pink and glow up. And it's just, it's life now. That was a weirdly specific thing you just said there, Scott. Well, it's what I just got <laughs> for Christmas. My, so. my um, Scott got mugged by four guys with light up shoes the other night. <laughs> Dave, uh, Dave Caffrell said, "Worst gear is whatever gear Sonny's car was in." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh, uh, man. that made me joke on the podcast. Holy I shit. swear it was in park. It was in park. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was in guy. I mean, on guy. <laughs> it, it was in sport because she was like, "Just be a good sport about this." Oh man! Uh, all, right, all right, Dave. Good one. All right, man. next up. Uh, Best gear. I mean, remember when she used to back up into Bret Hart? Dude, wait. Dan has a great point. He says Eddie Kingston has bad gear too. I hate to say it. And yeah, when he's not in a street fight kind of thing, it can be pretty embarrassing. Like, especially when he chooses colors outside of black, like when he would do the all green, it's really brutal. Oh, he always looks like he always looks like Homer at Lollapalooza about to get a cannonball shot of his tummy. <laughs> I kind of liked him, but you know, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I agree with Brian. I think it's like part of part of the appeal. Um, all right, best gear. I mean, for me, it's. I mean, like, there's there's one and two, and both of them are Seth Rollins. Number two was him coming out uh, dressed as like the Elton John '70s Elton John, A Clash of the Castle. I thought that was awesome. But my favorite gear was when he fought Cody in Dusty's gear. I thought that was just so fun and so creative. You know, he also came out against Roman in the shield gear. I dig it, man. I, I dig how much thought set. And yeah, he has some misses for sure. But I mean, his, his hits are better than anybody's hits. Mike. Yeah. I mean, my, um, my heart says Logan Paul with the million dollar uh, Pokemon card. I think that's like such a cool thing, but my hand says, Jade Cargill is She-Hulk. <laughs> uh, machi Machi. Yeah, I mean, that was amazing. Her, her She-Hulk was awesome. Scott? Uh, Omega. Omega's return at um, at All Out. He always has the best gear, man. It's like Haoming. It's a, this Japanese company that makes shit for him. H-A-O-M-I-N-G. And it just looks really, really cool. It's like it's like if Rob Dan Van Dam's guy um, got off the boardwalks, you know, and like worked for, <laughs> for like a real company. Yeah, you know? that is true. I mean, he's yeah. got great gear. Yeah, they didn't have to have insurance, like for uh, you know, if the ocean the tides uh, lifted, you get it. Robert, uh, who do you got? So I had uh, initially I had uh, the the Logan Paul things. I thought that that uh, was was pretty amazing. Uh, the the other one would be. MJF, uh, when he came out wearing uh, a suit modeled after his grandfather, who uh, was one of his heroes who had passed away, I thought that was a nice little touch. That was a pretty cool uh, moment for him there. So I'll go. Uh, I'll, I'll go the MJF uh, suit, but but uh, that Logan Paul outfit with the Pokemon card was was pretty amazing. Look at Robert being really mean about Scott's dead dad, but being really nice about MJF's <laughs> about a guy who retur returns one out of ten of the texts Robert sends. Uh, it's almost as surprising as the fact that Mike's the first one to name a New Japan wrestler in one of the categories. 
I did mean, not see that coming. New Japan will be in one of my categories for sure. But feud of the year. Uh, I, I put CM Punk versus MJF. If it was best storyline of the year, I would say Sammy and Bloodline. But uh, as far as like just a blood feud, you have to do Punk MJF. Now, the real be- be- best feud of the wrestling year is uh, is Punk versus the Elite. Somebody wrote Cody versus Seth. I think it was fantastic, too. You know, I, I don't think that there's there's really a lot of wrong answers. There's a lot of really great feuds this year. Scott? Yeah, it's Punk MJF in terms of genuine, you know, the promos were great. The the two matches were a blast or what was it, three? But no, one of them was the year prior, right? It was like Thanksgiving or something. But yeah, it was just an unbelievable, legit feud. Somebody wrote Punk versus the Muffin. <laughs> <laughs> um, my- they were working together. That was a tag team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I go, I go, Punk and MJF. Uh, It was, you know, it's almost like one guy wants to make money, and the other guys don't even know how to manage a target or something. Um, (laughs) I mean, it was fantastic, and you know, Cody and Seth was good, but Seth lost all the matches, and that's just not a good feud to me. I think that you know, MJF won, you know. Punk one, like they both came out of it stronger. I thought the Punk MJF feud, I, I think it was the best feud in years to the point where when they were teasing it happening again in September, I didn't really want to see it that soon again because I thought it was perfect as it was. You don't need to go back. Um, all right, Robert. Yeah, it's it's Punk MJF. Uh, the story was told so well. You had a great conclusion to it with that that dog collar match and what should have led to Wardlow uh becoming the top baby face in the company but for a lot of uh poor decisions on Tony Khan's part but I think that that MJF punk feud which was personal and emotional but still based in wrestling was uh was absolutely fantastic and uh, it's a shame that we never really got to see the ultimate culmination of it. Debut. We, we, can, we can admit, though, at, at this point, there's been enough Wardlow promos for us to know it was his fault. <laughs> we have a debut and best entrance of the year. I wanted to include them together because they're a little similar, but I'll, 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 I'll use my, my reasoning. Debut of the year, I thought, was Cody Rhodes at Mania. And just that you could feel the electricity as he was, you know, elevating uh, in his entrance and entrance of the year. I mean, you have to do Bray Wyatt at Extreme Rules. I mean, that was such a cool fucking entrance through the Brody door. I mean, it was just uh, it was pretty beautiful, man. So that that's my answer, Scott. So are we doing both like you did debut and entrance? yeah, let's just do debut because they're they're close enough. So. Okay, so I did I did write Cody on the main roster, but I will I will just go with uh, two weeks ago uh, Andretti's debut when he won, just because I thought it was like this really fun moment of like oh wow, um, this is why I love wrestling. This is like key fun, easy, simple wrestling shit that rarely happens, but when it does, you love it. So I'll say that. Also, I just can't really think of another one. But my favorite personally entrance of the year was uh, Punk entering to that AFI song that he used in Ring of Honor, Miseria Cantor or whatever the hell. Um, I remember not a lot of people knowing exactly what was happening at the time. And there was like an argument online if it was a good entrance or if it wasn't. But I, I loved it. 
Yeah, I would drive around a lot in high school listening to that. So that was good shit. Mike. I mean, yeah, I would, I would, you know, punk punk is up there for me just in terms of like, oh, shit's about to get real. And it felt like important and it felt like a culmination. But I'm going to go Drew at Clash in the Castle in the main event. Like he looked like the star that Dan and Robert have said he has been for the last three years <laughs> for one night only. But he did. And, you know, I, I, I think that, um, just the right atmosphere and everything, you, you know, that entrance was everything that that ending was not. <laughs> um, Robert, you're the last one to go, bud. Uh, same show, but uh, different guy edges entrance at clash at the castle with the entire crowd singing along to his theme song was a great genuine moment i said in the build up to that that the fans were going to be excited because they hadn't seen edge live there in a very long time and i think that this most recent edge return uh since clearing away the judgment day stuff and and that this little baby face run at the end has been a nice little treat and I think that moment there where he was genuinely emotional at what was happening was a pure joy to watch. And I thought it was it was really awesome uh, and and definitely memorable. And not just because he was the only guy who would talk to you backstage. <laughs> that is true. Um, what's oh, I realized I, I, I was supposed to say my son for best debut, right? Was, that, was that what I was? <laughs> Dan. Christ, what's not? What's not? background, all right? Best, uh, okay, best merch of the year. Uh, I will, I will say on you, Mike. Who do you got? The, my son. No, <laughs> um, I, I would, I would say um, the scissors definitely... I used to cut the umbilical cord. <laughs> Scissor me, Daddy Mike Lawrence. I gave it to Dad because he thought it was beef jerky. Um, I, <laughs> I think, I think by far the best merch, and I don't even own it. But I, I I want it, and I think it's the coolest. Is the no holds barred WWE Maddie Collector box set? It comes in a VHS, and it's got oh, Rip wow. and Zeus. I think that thing is fucking amazing. They only sold so many, and by the time I tried to get one, it was sold out. I don't want to pay eBay, eBay prices, but I think that thing is fantastic. If you guys are looking to get Mike a gift next year, you know what it is, Scott. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's the Sami Zayn uh, Uzi shirt because it's it's not embarrassing if you buy it because it's not just yeah the honorary U shirt it's not just a um a wrestling like a piece of wrestling merch it's a wrestling moment like literally the segment is the T shirt so when you get the T shirt you get the cool moment Punk is pretty good at that too where you're like oh when he cut that promo he was wearing that thing or during that thing he wore that thing and uh, I think that really matters and it like cements something as uh, that's interesting yeah. iconic merch not just like oh that's cool yeah. it's like no in ten years people will be like oh that's that shirt from that segment so it's the honorary U shirt yeah. I'm going to go with scissor me daddy ass shirts in the sense that I almost bought a shirt that said scissor me daddy ass. And uh, I mean, that's pretty amazing. Uh, Scott is disappointed. Robert. Yeah, no, the scissor me daddy ass stuff is amazing just because number one, it kind of rivals like it, the, the attitude era when they would have the DX suck it shirts and the kind of thing that you definitely would not have been allowed to wear at school. 
but I also enjoy the fact that there are people who are going to wear that to a wrestling show and get high fives and wear that everywhere else and have the cops called on them. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to get into a couple worsts now. Worst merch of the year. Um, I have two for this. One, all right, this is my runner-up. There's a, all right, a, the tribal chief is my daddy shirt. Which unless if you want to fuck Roman, that's fine. Like if you're like me and you want to fuck Roman, but if if you don't want to fuck Roman, that's just such a weird, such a weird shirt. But the number one would be the Mrs. My Balls Are Massive shirts. That was fucking terrible. Just because it was like, it was also like this slogan they were trying to get over with Miz during the Edge feud. It was just, it was just. Oh, somebody wrote "Pin Me War Daddy." That's pretty bad too. Um, yeah so that that's my that's my answer for worst merch of the year mike i'm interested to hear your uh your opinion on this okay so i just i don't know if this link worked but um but you can look this up they did a build a figure of young dominic this year <laughs> that looks less like dominic and more like the woman who shot selena <laughs> it is terrible and it's mike a drucker figure. So you have to buy multiple <laughs> figures to put this together. Just you just type in build a figure Dominic Mysterio. If my link didn't work, it is it is truly it, awful. It's it's horrendous. I've seen it. It's he looks like he looks like if Mac from Mac and Me got cancer. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad, Scott. What are we on? Worst merch? Yeah, worst merch. Oh gosh, dude! Just the fact that like. Half of the year they've been trying to, they've been bringing back Alexa Bliss's doll without bringing it back just to, just so they can fucking sell a thing is insane without like a, just, just acknowledge you still want to sell it. Yeah. It's the only thing that's merch and it's not even merch. It's like, it's not there, but it's there. It's bad. Here, here's the thing about that, about that doll is that it's, I get it if it's like fifteen dollars. It, it just it just looks like it looks like someone made an Angelica Rugrats doll if they never saw the Rugrats cartoon. But like the problem with it is it's thirty five dollars. <laughs> um. All right. Well, uh, we're up to you, Robert. What's the worst merch of the year for you? The MJF Devil shirt. Uh, just because as finally it's like, hey, we, we have a prominent Jewish wrestler and we're giving him horns and putting it on a shirt. Uh, it's just about the most like anti-Semitic thing you can possibly make. And the only time Tony Khan's dad has ever said, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Worst, worst match of the year. Uh, man, I don't even, I mean, this is, I think this is unquestionably the worst match of the year. The only question is, is whether or not you count it as a match. And that is Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee at night two oh, of WrestleMania. That was no, fun. I mean, like, you hate you just, fun, Dan. Oh, it was terrible. Everything about that was fucking oh, awful. Come on. I'm trying to do my best, Scott. I can't uh, like do the, the high pitch. The, yeah, yeah. WWE. Here's the comes the WWE money from Robert, but the uh, the 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 fucking Charlie Brown football nut kick to end the match. 
And I mean, the guy looked like he was fucking melting during the match when he took off his shirt and you saw him in that Patrick Swayze, dirty dancing wife beater. You were like, oh, my God, man, I I don't I I can't. This could not go any worse. The only thing that was funny about it was when Austin tried to stun him and Vince did the worst selling of a stunner I've ever fucking seen. Worse than Linda, worse than Trump. Um, But yeah, that match is. That match is like, I don't know. I mean, if anybody can beat it, like, I really don't, I don't know any match that comes even close to that. Mike? I think the Rumble, man, the the male Rumble was so Mm. bad. And, you know, I know it feels so long ago, but the the immediate repercussions of uh, Shane getting tossed in real life, but him going toe to toe and throwing out really talented uh, over wrestlers, and 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 even you know Brock winning was such like uh, why do I even care about this company anymore? I mean, yeah, like I see people seeing Flair's last match, but I mean, is that really a match or is that just someone not wanting to spend time with their children? Um, <laughs> I, I I think it was yeah. The I mean the Rumble like if the rum you know it's like it's like Groundhog Day right? If the Rumble sucks, there goes your interest in WWE for the next six weeks um so i yeah it's the rumble for me scott oh yeah that was really tough for me because there's a lot of uh women's matches in AEW that you just go how the fuck are they letting this air on television because it's right? 9 30 scott what are you gonna air <laughs> <laughs> but to me, like, technically it's 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 uh it's vince versus pat because then they got austin involved and the austin owens moment from the night before was so amazing and you do want an austin vince moment but to see him stun him and to see him suck at it like he's always sucked at it it was it was rough it was not fun really bad it Rob, was like you know watching too long like too. It took forever. Oh my god! Remember Vince reacted to Austin's music before Austin's music hit. Yeah, he's, he's he shouldn't have been in that job for like at least ten years. Uh, I think we can all agree after this year that that's Robert. Uh, this is a little bit of recency bias, and I know it's one that not everyone here saw, but on Raw, uh, not terribly long ago, was the Miz versus Dexter Loomis in a ladder match. And it was the worst thing I've seen on WWE TV this year. It was a ladder match wrestled in dead silence for almost 20 minutes. Uh, It killed any excitement about Dexter Loomis. It killed any excitement about Johnny Gargano. It was so incredibly uncomfortable to watch. I just felt bad for everyone involved in it. And it was unspeakably bad. The, the storyline building up to it and then the match itself was a fucking train wreck that the fact that those guys didn't get hauled in the back after and immediately fired was baffling because this was terrible. It was pretty bad, man. Low spot of the year. Um, I'm going to say the aftermath of the media scrum, not really, or, or the, not the fight, not and not the media scrum itself, but just like, the month afterwards of just like watching this company that I loved, like just not handle this in a great way. And like seeing like, like WWE to kind of dodge a bunch of PR disasters. And then you have something that was w- relatively fixable and they just fucking 
bungled it. So that that was kind of like my low spot of the year was that those couple weeks were the most interesting thing about wrestling was like Disco Inferno's comments about how fucking Tony was unprofessional. You know, like that that's a pretty low spot for me. I'll do high spot too. We'll do low spot and high spot together. My high spot this year was the WWE stock going up after Vince left. I was kind of like, oh, okay. So like this could work without him. This is great. Um, nice. Uh, Scott, what do you got for high spot, low spot this year? Oh man, my low spot this year was exactly what happened. Uh, what, what you said was the, the, the post media scrum and not even the fight, just like the fact that punk was injured and the fact that punk was injured all summer, even before that. And that fucked up the, uh, forbidden door main event of Tanahashi, uh, versus punk, which I know Mike was super excited about. (laughs) And, uh, it just, to to think that we had a year of you know CM Punk in the company and when he first debuted it being like one of the biggest moments uh of the decade in terms of wrestling moments right and 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 then to have him not in the company because of a of a fucking altercation it just stinks and it's ass and that is that is definitely my low spot uh because it it affected a lot of things and my high spot Ooh, this is going to sound, uh, hmm. My high spot is Sami Zayn finally getting like that Mick Foley mankind shine that he deserves because he's one of the best, period. I mean, he's one of the best in-ring workers ever. Uh, and now to also show this side of him is just so damn cool. Him and Owens, like to just see them have the two best WrestleMania moments and for those WrestleMania moments to not be like, oh, put on the best match, which they did do, but they did it in a really fun, interesting, and exciting way. So, yes, yeah, Sam- Sammy and Owens being on top is uh, is my high spot of the year. Robert, high spot, low spot of the year. Uh, so I'll start with my low spot. And this is one where it's like, it's just weird that this is another one of those. You kind of forget that it even happened, but all the Jeff Hardy stuff. Uh, Jeff Hardy showing up at TV, not in condition to go out there, and they let him go out there on TV and then tried to blame it on an injury when it was clear. Robert? That he was, yeah. That was your low spot, but it was definitely his high spot. God damn it. <laughs> well done. Uh, yes. Then the, then the DUI and then them not suspending him, firing him, anything after it, like just the complete inaction to it. It was another example of how poorly run – AEW was and a precursor to what wound up happening with that all out press conference. Like there's so many little moments that built up to when they do like the rise and fall of AEW, you're going to look at so many different moments in 2022 and be like, all right, this was bad. This was bad. This was bad. But that Jeff Hardy stuff was awful. Uh, the, my, my high spot is Sami Zayn, but specifically the promo where he breaks out Usi and makes everyone crack up in the ring was such a little moment of joy that if Vince was there, you never would have gotten it. And he doesn't allow people to break and react naturally. But even Roman smiled watching Jay try to cover up his face. It was such a great, fun little moment. And I think that's what propelled him even further. uh, And is something that you could show someone who doesn't even watch wrestling and they would see it and be like, this is a really great, joyful moment. No wrong answers here, folks. Mike? Until Mike. Uh, 
I mean, it to me, it's it's got to be the summer overall, just uh, of, of of AEW. What I just tapped out from the show from is this low spot. This is low spot, not high spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is low spot, <laughs> high spot. I know. Um, I mean, no, I mean, I I think it, it was like a combination of things, but the amount of injuries, which injuries suck anyways. Uh, and, and there were a lot this year that could be its own low spot for anyone. Just the amount of people that got really uh, badly hurt. Um, but you know, we're not going to do anything to, to try to fix that or make precautions. So that doesn't count, but just the amount of bad booking in a quick amount of time, you know, the, 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 you know, the punk to Moxley to punk to, it was just all a mess. And, Ring of Honor, if I had to say one, Ring of Honor in New Japan, like adding that stuff to AEW when AEW was a company that did an amazing thing, which is find an identity for itself in a short amount of time and then blur and destroy that own identity with these other unnecessary components, I think was just a bummer to me. Like this is what got me out of comic books for a long time when they just added a bunch of shit unnecessarily. You know, we look, we all picked. I think the only thing we all said the same thing on was MJF and Punk as best feud because it was a simple fucking story between two guys who hated each other and then fought for money. <laughs> Wrestling is simple and they overcomplicated it and they made it a mess. Um, so that's my low spot. Just everything that came out of that. I, I think the narrative will now be that all out is when everything fell apart. I think it happened way before that. And what was your um, high spot of the year, Mr. Lawrence? What's that? What was your high spot of the year, Mr. Lawrence? My high spot of the year, my son being no. Um, I it is, but uh I will say, I will say my high spot of the year, Vince being gone. I think it was a long time coming. Um, I think there uh is a lot more that we haven't even heard about. That was the weird thing about people defending Vince early on. It's like we don't even know what else is out there, <laughs> and I think. There's way more. I think the worst is yet to be heard. Um, you know how it really ends for Vince. Uh, you know, you know. Remember in Ghost when a bad guy dies, it's just going to yeah. be being like taken to the grave by Nancy Argentino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and 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 Rita Chatterton, the very alive victim he still has out there who never got her penance. So yeah, yes, but Mike, you, yeah, but to be fair to Rita, I, I love Greg Valentine's defense of that, which was. I was hanging out with her and smoking weed with her. She was too ugly for Vince to rape. <laughs> that was his legitimate defense. Oh, that's yes. what he said. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. that you know whose fault that is, Robert. That that's the fault of anyone who tried to put a mic near Greg Valentine in twenty twenty two. Yeah, it's like that. You you know, like you have to feed him, and it's kind of like Job of the Hut with the tongue out and stuff. You know. In um, yeah, defense of, of Greg Valentine, the Goonies that just thwarted his plan to get all that treasure. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's do tag team of the year. I'm going with the acclaimed. I mean, as far as the most important to the show, I would say the Usos. As far as best in ring matches, FTR. But as far as like overall getting over, being fun, having great matches, just uh, the whole package. I think the acclaimed, Mike. I mean, some tag teams have seven matches with each other, and they're still not over. Uh, the Acclaim <laughs> just needs one. All right, we got two votes for the Acclaim. Scott and Robert? FTR for me. 
FTR. Wow. Okay. So we yeah, got not two. A, not not a bad. Every match was uh, every fantastic. match is great. I mean, every fantastic, match. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go the Usos just because they've been so versatile in the fact that they've been able to be on Raw and SmackDown strong main events. Their match against Street Profits at Money in the Bank. Uh, I said at the time was going to probably be one of my match of the years, and it still stuck with me. Uh, they've been at front and center for a lot of great storylines. And the fact that, again, they've been around for so long and continue to be new and interesting and exciting uh, tag team of the year. All right. Let's go to um, worst and best promo of the year. We're going to knock those out together. Um Worst promo of the year for me was Marina Shafir's whatever the fuck that was with the blossom hat. Uh, promo of the year was the MJF pipe bomb. Yeah, somebody had put in, I mean, folks, where's the lie? That's my favorite line from any promo this year. But as far as like overall, I would have to go Marina Shafir. And as far as best promo, MJF's pipe bomb in Los Angeles was was phenomenal. And, and Mike was there live. He got to see it live. So, Mike, who do you got for best and worst promo of the year? I think the best promo of the year was MJF's thing about anti-Semitism. Um, the, 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 the kind of baby face turn where Punk comes at the end and he's like, was, was that? Did you mean that? I, I thought that elevated wrestling, it was just a fucking cool amazing thing where he came out got massive heat and the crowd he turned a crowd at eight minutes and i think you know that's pretty amazing to me i think the worst promo i did more research on this topic than any other topic i love bad promos i have to go with serena deeb serena deeb's thing about um you know, breast implants and all of that. And it was a very baby face promo delivered in such um, a poor way. It felt Because you do sympathize with everything she's gone through. She just did not know how to express it. Um, but a runner up, I do have to mention, is Brandy and Dan Lambert. It's amazing to think that that happened this year. But some of those who said this was going to be open mic night, bitch. Um, <laughs> those were those were the that was, that was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Yeah, was there's phenomenal. like a wrestle crap joy to that, though. You know, same a, with that, the, that, uh, that, the worst promo of the year is usually like one of my favorite promos. You know. Yeah, yeah, that is uh, that is true. Uh, who do last you week, yes, last week Swerve Keith Lee Rick Ross was was so so brutal. <laughs> just rick ross called him a big motherfucker <laughs> that was fucking and, uh, keith lee like we saw more personality from keith lee in that moment than we have all year you know that was great I, I i do think best promo was um was mjf um the fire me you fucking mark moment was was huge yeah. that was great i also loved there was this moment in a hangman promo uh with moxley where he starts punching himself but right before that i think he said like the medicine isn't working or something and i just thought that was such a great line um for someone in 2022 you know because everybody's on medicine and i was like oh no none of these wrestlers acknowledge like hey i also take pills to calm the fuck down i'm i'm it's not just this i'm angry about you know i'm working on myself so i thought that ruled hard 
And right, yeah, Robert. someone just mentioned the pre-tapes. Hangman's pre-tapes lately. Uh, he's, baby, he's one of my favorite I can't rem- the, He can't remember his kid's name. Like, that shit is uh, gold, man. Super talented guy. Yeah. yeah. Robert, best uh, of... Yeah, no, best best was I think I think Mike said at that MJF one where he was like, you know, talking about the anti-Semitism being called Jew boy and why CM Punk mattered so much to him with that picture as a kid. It was really fantastic and elevated the art form. Uh, Being called Jew boy is the only way Mike Lawrence can come. So it all comes full circle. uh, The only way Robert can remember about high school. (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh good, good times um no i think the, the, the where is the lie was pretty universally terrible but soraya's promo was really fucking brutal uh she's had a couple that have been kind of lost in the woods but that return and this great moment and then this weird incoherent rambling like you wanted the principal from billy madison to come out and stop her at some point but uh <laughs> And then it never got better. It's like the la- it's been a lot of I'm not medically cleared, but I am medically cleared, but I'm not medically cleared. Like it, just everything about her being an AEW makes me uh, wish that she stayed uh, back in WWE, not doing any of this crap. All right. Well, this is uh, an interesting one. Best overall on the mic. Um, I mean, a lot of people are going to say MJF, but I think overall on the mic, I'm not just counting promos. I'm counting, you know, segments backstage and, and I'd have to go with Sami Zayn, man. I mean, as far as like somebody who's made me feel the most where I'm like, oh, this guy's funny. Oh, I feel bad for this guy. Um, Like there's nobody who's uh, aroused more sympathy for me as a viewer than, than Sami Zayn. Although if anybody has MJF, that's also, you know, not a bad answer. Mike. Yeah, it's MJF. I mean, it's, yeah, you know. I got reignited about watching wrestling again when he won the title. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know if there's any categories here that allow us to disparage how much uh, Jericho has sunk this year. So I would like to just point that out. Um, a guy I was really excited to see every time. I'm now just kind of rolling my eyes a lot of times. Uh, I'm glad he did the action and dready thing to redeem himself a little bit. But in terms of best, yeah, MJF, the Regal promo. I mean, Regal was good in that too, but just, I mean, they did a pro, they showed him doing a fucking like podcast for four minutes and that was compelling television. And we can't do that any week for two hours. <laughs> Scott. Yeah, look, before MJF showed up, Heyman won, would be winning every year for what, over a decade probably. And now it's MJF for probably uh, this entire decade. He's like a once in a lifetime talent. So when you say best on the mic, it's it's MJF, no doubt. And also, you know, distant third, I would put Punk in there too. Punk, yeah, Punk's yeah, you know, yeah. best ever for sure. Um, Robert, oh come on, uh, it's Max by a by a country mile. I think Sammy is very good and he's really entertaining. But the 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 every time MJF is out there cutting a promo, it's a moment that you have to go and watch. Uh, the way that he does it, even on when he's doing podcast interviews and he was on Sam Roberts show, uh, he, he gets his character so well and blends it so seamlessly with who he is as a person versus who he is as a character. Uh, that guy completely understands what his presentation is and whether it was the shoot promo or the earnest promos or what, just little moments where he's up in, you know, a skybox, just 
picking at people, uh, he's so unbelievably watchable when he's talking. It's uh, it's really remarkable. Um, and uh, I think we we got through that one. So on to worst and best events of the year. Robert, what started out? What do you think was the best event and the worst event of the year? Best event of the year was Clash the Castle. Uh, that crowd was an absolute blast. The the card was a lot of fun. The show was not very long. It was it was kind of the first one Hunter really was able to wrap his hands around and put out uh, a pay per view. And you're like, all right, things are going to be good. I, I think we're in we're in you know good hands. Uh, even that weird stuff at the end where they were singing American Pie and it was just goofy and they didn't know they were still on the air. There was a spontaneity to it. There was an energy to it. Oh, that uh, was that was awful. But um, uh, it was just goofy. Uh, worst of the year is kind of tied for me between Royal Rumble, which was just a complete disappointment. It was like Shane in the Final Four, Brock winning, and then Ronda winning, uh, and all out that that show on paper was so much stronger than the actual show they wound up putting out there that MJF climbing the ladder at the beginning kind of sucked. That main event match sucked. Most of the matches on that card were huge disappointments that Hobbs Ricky Starks match that made absolutely no sense where they got like five minutes. Everyone remembers how bad the post-show scrum was. They kind of forget how unbelievably underwhelming it was when you only get four pay-per-views a year at AEW. For me, event of the year, although I thought Clash the Castle was like the best produced, had the greatest ambiance, greatest art direction. I thought Mania Night won, man. It had everything. It was it was just a blast to watch. Um, I'm sure somebody could point out something that sucked on it. But uh, as far as just like a complete wrestling show, I thought it was it was really strong. And worst event of the year, I don't think, you know, I'm not going to say this is like the worst show because it's not. There's going to be other shows you mentioned with way worse matches on it. But I'm going to go with the G1, man. Like this past year's G1, it's like Okada won to like, you know, it was just kind of like a an eh choice, you know, even though I think he's one of the greatest of all times. He's already he's already won it, you know, and it just felt like it had no fanfare. And, you know, for me, you know, I do think New Japan has gained a step for sure since then. But I think that as far as like, like, oh, fuck, New Japan is really is really on a downturn. It would be um, as soon as I mentioned New Japan. By the way, Robert's got to finish fill his drink up. Um, but yeah, I would I would say um, I, I would say the G one for me. Scott, best and worst uh, events this year. I hear you on the G one shit. That makes sense. I mean, as a whole, yeah, it was not fun watching a majority of it. Right? And I disagree. Like, I thought it was yeah. awesome, Scott. It was <laughs> the best G one I've seen. Fucking barn burner. But Clash at the Castle was unbelievable. Um, so that's probably yeah, maybe the best show of the year. I think all of AEW's pay-per-views are really good. I think Revolution was awesome. Um, the the Wardlow handing Punk the Ring moment was so great. And you know, that's a pay-per-view moment, uh, even though nothing really happened after for Wardlow, unfortunately, up until this week. And some people might say that's a burial. I guess we'll talk about that later. Uh, worst that coat show. he wore was fantastic. Yeah, worst show, and like I don't even Bane. think we really talked about it on this show. Uh, was whatever episode of Impact that was two weeks ago, where Tommy Dreamer and Bubba Ray cut a promo <laughs> against each other, and Tommy Dreamer started crying. <laughs> that was a ast- I mean, it was astonishing. 
it was unreal. It was, it was the ultimate. He really should like he should take Cody's gimmick as the American Nightmare Tommy Dreamer. Like that. That really for me is. I mean, there's no one who fits it more than that. Um, Mike, what do you got for this? Um, for best, I would go with. Um, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll go Mania. Like, if we had to pick one night, I would say night one. I think you know there were some parts that weren't great, but if you co- you could cobble together a fantastic like four hour show out of those two nights, um, and it just I do think Clash of the Castle was a lot of fun. I think that it's a blip in the end, you know, kind of like a, a, sta- a Canadian Stampede in '97, where you could look back and it's a lot of fun, but it doesn't historically like stand up to you know Austin and Brett at Mania because it's fucking Mania. So to have a great mania, I thought this was the best mania maybe since 30. I thought this was a really um, stellar mania. And it was really fun to watch. I, I watched both nights with two different groups of people, and we had a blast. So I would say mania, which was surprising to me. Um, and then uh, worst, Forbidden Door. It, it's not even close. Uh, what that did for the oh, booking. what that did stuff on there. For the company bunch of multi-man matches it just it it became the focus of AEW it did not in any way make those guys over with American audiences um you know here's the thing I I, I understand what you're saying okay if Osprey had joined AEW anything lasting had happened out of it but you had a big crossover that really did not benefit either company and it was a total misfire that kind of soured the rest of the year i agree with you big picture on forbidden door but there were some phenomenal matches on it wait till this year i said uh you know restrictions will be over yeah well well, well, when when everyone is able to cheer for forbidden door when the no no, no, that's not what i mean i just mean letting guys be booked before a week out you know it was, it was, dude, it was, I mean, I know there were injuries. I know it was, but it was a disaster of a show. It was not. No, no, no. The actual show was fantastic. Well, the extra show was really good. I saw it live. It was good. Mike, well, you're, you're well, wrong. There was nothing good better. Matches, but what it did, what it did for both companies sucked. No, there was nothing better than seeing this Will Ospreay guy. And now him every week on Dynamite is a highlight. I'm super excited to see him. Uh, what good use of TV time. Scott, not happy about this one. That Orange Cassidy match with Osprey was um, it was it was one of I mean matches. like we'll Scott, get here, Scott, you're proving my but, point in that I saw this and I'm like, Will Osprey is incredible. I really want to see more of this guy on on Dynamite, and now he's gone. And, so and, and, what am I getting for this? And Scott, look now he now 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 Cassidy is fighting Trent Beretta tomorrow. So it obviously boosted be, him. No, no rampage match. spoilers. We don't want to offend people and accidentally give away a rampage spoiler. Okay, crowd crowd pop of the year. Robert, who do you got? What do you got? Bray, that Bray return uh, was insane. Uh, it, I mean, granted, all downhill from there. Maybe they'll pull up the nose, uh, which is what I've been saying for the last many, many years. Uh, but uh, that, that moment and that return, that crowd was ready for it. The payoff was incredible. Uh, it, was, uh, it was great. Um, I'm going to go with Roman making Sammy an honorary ooze uh, just because the crowd, I mean, they just had the crowd in the fucking palm of their hand that entire segment. I also thought like when, when you realized Austin was going to wrestle, 
there was an electricity that was like in that crowd that was like palpable and like people were just flipping out. So I, I mean, like if you say that, I wouldn't disagree with it either. But I mean, that whole segment where they they tore the shirt off and people were genuinely like going, no, no, you know, like it was they just had everybody by the fucking balls in that segment. So uh, I'm gonna do Roman making Sammy an honorary oos. Kind of like how Steve has you by the balls, Dan. <laughs> oh boy, uh, good times. We'll see. We just, you know what? Uh, I, I think Steve is excited about the project. So are Dan Soder and I. So are Peacock and WWE. We just got to get that final print on there, guys. Huh? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Scott, crowd That'll pop. That'll be biggest pop of the year when we announce that show. <laughs> when they cancel it and you hear the gun going into my head, that's the <laughs> pop of the year. Uh, <laughs> that's 2023's pop of the year. <laughs> Scott, pop of the year. Pop of the year was Austin. It was Austin at Mania uh, acknowledging that a match was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was crazy. It wasn't when he first came out. It was it was no, it wasn't the, when he first came out. It, it was, was that the moment. let's do this. Yeah, it was the ding, ding, ding. It was unbelievable. Mike. For me, we man slamming Sami Zayn. <laughs> and it's not even close. That like, was a great moment. I was watching with like eight other people and we all just fucking lost it. The call that McAfee had of it was amazing. What did he say? It was just one of those like classic WrestleMania moments, but in this fun way, it it was such a blast. We all fuck it. Like at the end of the Dark Phoenix saga in issue 137 of X-Men, Wolverine takes Colossus and throws Colossus because they're in zero gravity. That's what it felt like watching Wee Man. <laughs> I mean, it was, I mean, the way Sammy a reverse stole- speedball special, and Dan just heard speedball and perked up. Fastball. Mm-hmm. Eh, fastball. Yeah. Uh, 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 dude, I mean, like the way Sammy sold in that match, and Meltzer gave it zero stars, whatever. Fuck Dave. It's my match of the year. I don't give a fuck. It's amazing. <laughs> but like, nice. and they fucked up the ending. They totally botched the ending. But the way that Sammy sold in that match, Sammy sold like every single move was like a Goldberg spear, you know, like just like it was awesome, dude. It was awesome, dude. Did anyone, did anyone, did any of you guys see the movie Violent Night yet? Yeah, I saw Not it about earlier in the week. Dude, there's like a Home Alone sequence in that. Like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very that. That's what the what the match was. Yeah, that yeah, scene. it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, Manager of the Year. This one was kind of like eh for me because I have Paul Heyman. It could have easily been William Regal if things had turned out differently. But because and I don't blame William. I think Regal had the best manager promos of the year. I think he had better ones than Heyman. But Heyman was consistent, and this end of the Regal one where Regal's, like, explaining that he was actually Blackpool Combat Club, it was such a botch from a booking, like, from a booking angle that I can't give him manager of the year, even though he really was killing everybody up until they totally fumbled that ball. Mike? Uh, Choke Lee Hathaway, no. Uh... (laughs) Hey, he called, hey, calling Daniel Bryan a raggedy-ass bitch was hilarious. Yeah. When I was when I was making my worst promos of the year, him introducing his stable was up there, man. Oof. Uh I know I, I know that he's better than he's supposed to be. He hasn't been on TV. Um, I would go with uh I mean, it's gonna be Heyman until Heyman quits for me. I lo- I just love seeing Heyman. Heyman, Heyman, like the bloodline is already special, but Heyman makes them more special. And and I think that that 
adds a lot. I don't think Regal really got the Blackpool Combat Club over. I don't think Yuta is more over because of Regal, but I think the Bloodline I mean, I don't think is Tony more did. over. I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know if I blame that on Regal, but no. Well, you know, he's not a miracle worker. Um, right. But yeah, I would I would go uh, Heyman for sure. Um, Scotty. It's Heyman until he dies, um, unless you want to. I mean, you know, we talk about crowd reactions and stuff. And if you want to consider uh, Daddy Ass Billy Gunn, I mean, the fact that he is in their corner. Oh, and, you know, that is. I a, mean, yeah. he's like legit getting his own chance in this thing. It's pretty fucking impressive. So if he is a manager, um, then yeah, Daddy Ass. Yeah, that's a good. I mean, I would say he's a manager. I, I would. I, I almost switched my. You know what? This is the beauty of a live podcast. Well, a live to the seventy people that are here. Yeah, as opposed. Yeah, we usually we'd edit this part out. <laughs> I would. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'm gonna go with Billy Gunn too, Robert. I'm never gonna pick against Paul Heyman. It's it's Heyman, best manager. All right, best bell to bell. I don't think there is. I think this is the least debatable category, and it's Will Ospreay. He is the best in-ring wrestler in the world. If you look at his matches this year that he had with Okada at Wrestle Kingdom, if you look at the matches he had with Orange Cassidy, if you look at the fact that he had that amazing British match with like Michael Oku, which was like un- unbelievable. And I mean, he got a great match out of like an 18-year-old kid, you know? Like he this guy in ring. I don't give a fuck what you think about New Japan or AEW. When that bell fucking rings, there is nobody who's on fire more than Will Ospreay. That's my pick. Scott? Yeah, man. It went um, Shawn Michaels, Rob Van Dam. Who came after Van Dam? AJ Styles. And then Kenny. Kenny Ospreay. Uh, It's the best in-ring workers uh, during their time periods. Like, Osprey is on top right now. He's he's unbelievable. Yeah, he's the best, man. I get so hyped to watch his shit. Absolutely. Mike. Dax. I go, yeah, I think great. Dax, even when he did the singles matches and he showed that other side of himself, I think, um, you know, part of why we say he's, you know, FTR is underutilized. And I think Cash is great too, but, you know, I think Dax is just a little more special. And I do think they're some of the best workers Ever everything they do is believable um, and has thought behind it, and I think Dax is just that much more. Um, they're just not on TV enough, but that guy, every time they put him on, um, whether it was with Cash or on his own, um, he really just blew me away work rate wise. I was able to buy into his matches in a way I wasn't with a lot of people. I mean that 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 definitely I mean, he gives he had just incredible matches this year, Robert. Seth Rollins, uh, I think in terms of of, handicap, yes, I was gonna say level of difficulty where he is and the quality of matches he's produced throughout the entire year. And he's another person who constantly has elevated his game. Uh, Some of the the, those early matches with Roman at the beginning of the year, there was a lot of fun. And his stuff with Cody, I thought was excellent. The stuff with Riddle, he did a really nice job with those. And in this current situation with Theory and Lashley, Every time you 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 put him in there in one of the situations, he's delivered. And that has not always been the case in his career, uh, though. I would say, based on what I saw this year as a, a runner up since I haven't seen a lot of it, Will Ospreay 
because I haven't seen a ton of his stuff before. That dude is fucking incredible. And I think part of my frustration about Forbidden Door and all that stuff is I want to see him more on TV every week. But unfortunately, I can't afford Honor Club uh, to be able to see. Uh, that's where he's on, right? So he's on Honor Club. So they promote that every week on, on AEW TV, and they've been promoting the New Japan stuff. So that must be where he is every week. Um, Ken, not, ha- can- Ken has wrote, has Robert picked anything non-WWE? He did. The acclaimed. Yes. No, you picked the YouTube. I picked lots like, of MJF stuff. I've picked uh, lots of non-WWE yeah. stuff. Uh, I apologize. Robert, Robert's loyalties go Jews, WWE. So <laughs> That pretty much sums up my entire life, Mike. So thank you. <laughs> Check out our bright side of Barry Horowitz, everybody. Um, yeah, so we're going to move on from there. We're going to... We're going to now do, this is a three-parter. It's worst male wrestler of the year, worst female wrestler of the year, and worst wrestler of the year. Obviously, whichever one you think is going to be is worse than the other one is the worst wrestler of the year. So I'll start with worst male wrestler of the year because I think the female was worse than the male in this category, and that is Kip Sabian. Um, I do not understand what this fucking gimmick is the whole bag over the head thing. There was even something really sad that happened on dynamite this week where he had a backstage segment and he unchallenged himself for a, a title shot. I mean, it was, I mean, that guy, uh, you know, in ring, is, is he atrocious? Do I think it's like Von Wagner bad as far as like not being, or Omos bad as far as not being able to move around? No, but at least like Omos, I get like something big to look at, you know, and I get like a tall guy to look at opposing to Kip Sabian, where I'm just like, there are so many people like, that do his gimmick better than him in both companies. Um, though I will say I, I wasn't as heated about picking him as I was about Von Wagner last year. And Von Wagner just, he elevated himself to just not good this year. So congratulations. Uh, worst wrestler and female wrestler of the year, because it's the same for me, that would be Anna Jay. Um, I have not been able to... I understand. Somebody just said Jade Carl. Jade in the ring is is not right. I admit that. But as far as like overall, like backstage promos, I don't know what her fucking character is. Uh, <laughs> I think her. I think her gimmick is drugged by Chris Jericho. What <laughs> her gimmick is drugged by Chris Jericho? Yeah, I mean this whole the whole choking out thing. It's like a bad Saturday Night Live sketch. You know, she even tagged weird this past Wednesday. I just think she's she's really bad, man. I and, I and for a while, I just thought like, oh, this is like a really attractive person who's green, and maybe they'll figure it out. Um, and uh, yeah, this is this was, I mean, this was just a fucking sh- she, she. I mean, like every time, every fucking time she's been on TV, I've wanted to, I've wanted to turn it off. So that that's my answer, Scott. Okay, ready? Just because he he was fired and then rehired, and when he was hired, we didn't know if it was because he was given an outfit when he entered. But Karrion Cross uh, has not done anything for me, like not once ever. And so I think uh, I think he's the worst uh, male, and maybe the worst because it just I don't. He, honestly, he like kind of fucked up Drew for me. It was a bad feud. Everything he does doesn't even feel like a feud. There's just uh, there's just emptiness to it, you know. Robert. And worst and worst female is Anna J. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Robert, uh, 
worst female for me this year has been Rhea Ripley. She has not. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say Rhea Ripley. Oh, I apologize. Ronda Rousey is looking at the wrong thing. Ronda Rousey uh, has been so joyless in everything that she's done. It's clear she's completely checked out. Liv Morgan was trying to get a good match out of her uh, and trying very hard. and It didn't work. That Shotzi match was an abomination. And I don't blame Shotzi. I think she was just working with someone who has never chosen to elevate her in-ring skill at all. And worst male wrestler of the year for as long as this man is alive and being pushed on television will be Baron Corbin. Uh, Baron Corbin was great as a fringe Hey, we're doing this goofy thing where he's, uh, you know, poor and then he's rich. That's fine. Keep him in the comedy segments, but putting him on Raw, giving him JBL, and then trying to do an earnest push with him is fucking awful. And he's bad in the ring. He doesn't know how to run. It looks like his shoelaces are always tied together. He has not improved year over year. Uh, he's terrible. Uh, and then I guess worst worst overall wrestler would probably have to be Marina Shafir uh, just in terms of her promo abilities are terrible. Her matches were awful. Even when they tried to make her ironically funny with uh, Nyla Rose, she was, she was terrible. I don't need to see her on television ever again. All right, Mike. I mean, I think, yeah, for worst women's wrestler, I'll, I'll go with, um, Marina, because it, it is amazing, right? Like, she had bad matches. Like, you know, uh, Thunder Rosa was accused of sandbagging her when we realized it was because she was working with the sandbag. Um, and then and then what was amazing was, you know, Tony was like, well, maybe maybe she's a good promo, so I'll just put her out for two minutes. And and, and it was a disaster. Uh, yeah, but Mike, he, he doesn't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. <laughs> in my opinionation <laughs> the sun shall always shine on marina shafir as worst women's dress um no I, <laughs> um i would say worst male wrestler i mean it's 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 a one and two for me and it is between adam cole and jeff jarrett but it has to be jeff jarrett why is he wrestling in 2022 in prominent matches against prominent people it is an embarrassment I mean, when you think about it the guy's Everyone. been on this year he was on full gear rick flair's last match and SummerSlam. yeah and he shouldn't even be at his dad's thanksgiving table um <laughs> i you know, well, jerry you know. jared doesn't have a table <laughs> he can't afford a table <laughs> but yeah man i mean it, it it is it is yeah it's got to be jared but i mean i feel bad cole got hurt but if cole lasted the whole year it would be him but it is it is jeff Gare. hates adam cole get well soon adam cole we miss you although hey, although my hate for him is as shrinking as much as he is uh i think that's a great matches but all right, next is female and male wrestler of the year. And then I guess you could do overall wrestler of the year. I mean, for me, it's like you just pick which one you think was better. But female wrestler of the year for me, um, this was tough. I don't think anyone had a super standout year. I thought there were some really good people. I think Rhea Ripley gets my vote because she's the most interesting. And every time she's on screen, I want to see more of her. Um, in ring, it would be Jamie Hayter, like right, right next to it. And Bianca has had some great matches too, but 
I'm going to go with Rhea. Um, not, not, you know, I think that this year she needs to have some really, she has to have some barn burners, you know, she hasn't totally earned it this year, but, uh, and male wrestler of the year. And I think wrestler of the year, ba, 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 Sammy Zane. That's right, folks. Uh, I, I think that some years sports entertainment is better. Some years wrestling is better. And there has not been a, a better sports entertainment performance in as long as I can remember. I mean, this guy has been firing on all cylinders. You, I mean, I can't remember the last wrestler you want to see his backstage segments for that become like, you know, like just the interstitials, like, and, and they become can't miss. So for me, it's just got to be Sami Zayn. Robert? Uh, female of the year, I had Rhea Ripley. Uh, I thought she really elevated uh, her, her game. She really redefined what her character was. And there's a lot of great potential for her going forward. Male of the year, I said for a while, I thought it was going to be Sami Zayn. But ultimately, I have to go with Roman just because at the beginning of the year, he was the focal point of wrestling. At the end of the year, he's the focal point of wrestling. Uh, the Sami Zayn stuff works so well because it has been around the orbit of what Roman's doing uh, Roman's character has become even more honed. He's been a part of so many big moments. That match with Brock at SummerSlam with the forklift and all that nonsense. Uh, his match with Drew at Clash of the Castle. What he was able to do with Logan Paul. And the fact that as soon as he ultimately loses the title, that will hopefully be the biggest moment of 2023. And that's what you want out of your, your central figure. It's so weird that WWE for all these years was a babyface territory and now it's a heel at the top and he has felt special and he's been working a limited schedule, but it hasn't felt truncated. It's felt like when you get to see him, it's a big moment and they've rarely fumbled that. And I think, you know, you look back at it and it's, it's hard to say that it's not Roman Reigns as the guy of 2022 whether whether you think he's good bad or indifferent it's kind of that's that's the first name that comes out at you for what he did within wrestling i think there's an argument for cm punk for not the right reasons but that's uh that's beside the point all right scott i'm interested to hear your take on this who do you got no man it's zane it's yeah sammy zane number one um that the 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 you know, the Roman Reigns story is so often boring and the Sami Zayn thing made it so damn interesting for so much of the year. Um, he makes it can't miss, no doubt. Uh, yeah, he's the best wrestler. Uh, well, he's, he's the, the best, best you know, pro program. wrestler in the world. I mean, in ring, it's Will Ospreay, right? Right, right, right. I, I think like for me, Dan, I agree. I, I think Rhea is the best female wrestler this year just because i also think going into the new year you're gonna see her like wrestling a lot of dudes and shit and like actually competing in a way that makes us go oh wow they're doing that now and people will like credit triple h with doing some progressive things ladies uh, can do stuff now yeah it's gonna be Rhea choking dudes out it's gonna be cool to see so yes on her only fans and she's gonna make more money on that than she is in wwe <laughs> uh, I laugh, but in my head, I just started fantasizing. Mike, um, I mean, I, I do want to pick Mandy Rose just for being better than wrestling, <laughs> but um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Britt Baker because I still enjoy watching her 
every week on TV. I mean, it was amazing that they had her in a promo, you know, with so you know, a Soraya and she like Britt cut the promo of her year, even though she was supposed to be the heel. But it was also, I just think she's that talented. And you know, I think she is, I mean, she's a tough case where it's like she is more over and more interesting than any of the transplants they brought in to oppose her. And I think it might be that way for a while. I don't, I don't know. Maybe Sasha, somebody of that level could overthrow her. But I mean, I think she's got the division on lock and um and a lot just she's compelling to watch. And you, you know, yeah, just wait until you will a nightingale finally get some TV time. I think there really is some no, I really think there is no, something. No, I think to I her. think there's something there for sure. Okay, she's great. And I then, think there's then, she's what um, Dewdrop should have been. You know, Mayo Rest, it, it, it has to be MJF for me. Um, you know, the most entertaining moments of the year, uh, consistently um, emotional promos, funny promos, great matches. Um, and and I think that, uh, you know, you know, when we go back to that summer, like he wasn't there. Like, I don't think any other company was hurt more by a wrestler's absence than them. You know, like he gets blamed for the Wardlow thing because he didn't follow up on his part of it because that's how essential he is to even other people's careers in this company. Um, I think that it's MJF. Uh, this was his year. I think even if he didn't win the title, I would have given it to him, but giving the title makes it feel like a choice I made through research and not just pure bias. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the number one category match of the year folks. For me, Mike's going to hate this. Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy at Forbidden Door. I, I think that this was the most complete match of the year. Yes, like Osprey and Oku is a great match. Yeah, I think you could Yeah, I love that one. That was, a, that was a great one, Dan. <laughs> and what it did for both guys after, Dan. <laughs> I think you could say technically, you know, Osprey and Okada, you know, night two of Wrestle Kingdom was – was maybe technically uh you know a superior i don't even think that i think just as far as like it was just fun man it just solidified for me how fucking good osprey was and it also made me really glad that i had watched the show you know like and you know i remember i went to go watch it at, at legends in new york city which is a bar restaurant um and yeah dude it was just you know it was a fucking blast man it was just everybody was riveted so that's my my match of the year mike I mean, I, I did say it, and I'm sticking with it. Uh, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn <laughs> and Mania in terms of... I mean, look, the thing is, there were a lot of great matches this year, and I don't think it's that hard to have a, what we believe is a great match. And then when you look at them all, like what really distinguishes one from the other? This one is so different from all the other ones and has a replay value. You could watch it and you get new jokes and, and it's fun in different ways. And I think this match more than most other great matches this year, you could show to someone who doesn't watch wrestling and they'd be thoroughly entertained by it. The the hand segment where he runs in the giant hand was so well filmed. It was the, I mean, I, 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 for a sec, I looked to check if Kevin Dunn was dead. That's how good that moment was on camera. 
just the whole thing was just it was joyful and it was fun and 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 positive and goofy and when you look at the year sammy had after it i think it had genuine um effects on the company and so for that you know you i i think it's such a cool moment when you look at like because anyone who picks owens and austin i get that too but to see owens and sammy go from the indies and you know being best friends and the years they had to being the pillars of both nights of mania and just really making other people look great uh is such an, a phenomenal thing but um the edge for me goes to sammy and uh I, I picked this stupid, goofy, fucking Looney Tunes match that I've watched again and again. So, by the way, Kevin Dunn is not dead, or else that would have been my high spot of the year. <laughs> Scott Chaplin, uh, match of the year for me. Okada Osprey Wrestle Kingdom Night Two was uh was like the best match. It felt enormous. Like I can't, I can't. Some of it is literally, you know how people go like, oh, Dave, oh, it's in the Tokyo Dome. Like, watch how they film something in the Tokyo Dome. And you're like, oh, I'm watching a superior film than everything else. It is and listen better. to those reactions. <laughs> well, this year, uh, uh, they're allowed to make noise, I guess, apparently. Um, well, uh, to a certain extent. Oh, is that what it is? I heard there's a cheering section. Oh, there's a cheering section. Okay. So okay. it's just Dave Meltzer. <laughs> can't, we can't we can't cheer and watch at the same time yeah that's time. the typewriter section his, <laughs> his, his blinks are that loud <laughs> but also uh and i did love zane and knoxville and all that shit but uh but cody rhodes versus rollins and hell in a cell just the circumstance the blast, man. allowed a really awesome story you know um a really 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 awesome story and i i, I love that match uh a lot also, any of the FTR Briscoe matches were just like super, super. Dog collar matches got to be up there, man. Dog collar matches top five of the year for me for sure. So yeah, I mean, I think it like it made me forget about the MJF Punk one. Um, all right, Robert, match I mean, and it was so well promoted. Yes, I mean, yeah, uh, Osprey versus Oroku Saki was great, uh, <laughs> which is you know Shredder, but no, my my pick was yeah, Cody, Seth, Hell in a Cell is the match you think back of uh, when you look back at 2022 that was really memorable and unique. Obviously, Seth coming out in the polka dots. Cody with that that bruise uh, was something that was horrifying and gutsy, and they weaved it into the story so well that if it was scripted, it would have, you know, you would have been like, all right, that's kind of overkill, but holy shit, was that impressive. That's another thing to Mike's point. You show that to someone who doesn't watch wrestling and you're like, no, no, that stuff going on with him. Like he adopted his father's splotch. Uh, this is real. It was. Incredible. I mean, they'll probably be wincing from what they see on his neck. That is true. Yes. The, the, the fact that that, that tattoo is real uh, is uh, is amazing. But uh, it it's kind of bittersweet because it shows what we could have gotten for this year with Cody in WWE. And I think that we're going to get a lot of great stuff from him when he comes back. Uh, so I'm definitely very bullish on what we're going to get from Cody in 23. And I think this match was the right kind of emotion and showed that Cody was just in the wrong company. He was in a company that really prided itself on great in-ring matches versus great emotional in-ring storytelling. And I think in WWE, he's going to get a chance to have 
the kind of matches that he wants with guys that know how to wrestle those kind of things. And it'll no, be no, 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 no. Cody, Cody was allowed to do whatever the fuck he wanted to do in AEW. He had a bunch of awesome, memorable feuds and matches. And then he had a bunch of stinkers, too, uh, because he hangs out with stinkers because he's not very good in the ring. Well, we'll see. I think uh, him and Roman will be uh, be pretty darn good in, in well, 2023. Yeah, I have never said a bad word about Cody on this show. Yeah, him and ever. Roman oh, will fuck be you. good. Um, all right. Uh, we went to, somebody said we went two hours with Scott Robert Banner. All right, guys, that was the Roasties, a.k.a. the Wrestle Roasts Awards. Before, uh, before we get into our camping. We, we, went, we went two hours without them bantering because – you can't get in each other's face when you're too busy sucking off other wrestlers' dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Both lobbying for jobs at companies that won't hire them. Um, let's uh, let's get the plugs before we get to the cameos. Uh, I'm going to just say uh, anybody who's in the Frederick, Maryland area at 7 p.m. this Saturday, I'm doing a New Year's Eve show. I love the cellar door in Frederick. Besides the fact that the crab dip is phenomenal um goes great with a baguette uh it is uh it is really one of my favorite places to do comedy and i'm gonna be filming my special march 2nd at brooklyn comedy club um you know i think it's uh i think there's a lot of good stuff in it i gotta be honest uh i gotta oh bonus you might get a new year's eve kiss from dan yes if you are a forbidden dork that uh you're you will get a kiss from me if you come to the uh new year's show hope you like the taste of crab dip <laughs> don't watch don't watch the ball drop watch sweaty act outs fall to the ground for an hour. <laughs> mike what do you got to plug um nothing man um uh you know uh bupkis will be out next year and uh you know that's uh that, that that's about it right now oh man robert uh, you can follow me on twitter at ww creative underscore ish and for those of you who are Listening to this on our main feed, uh, once we are done recording this, we are going to be doing a bonus roast for the Patreon. We're not going to reveal a, who a that mystery is. mystery roast. It is a mystery roast, and I will guarantee you, once you find out what it is, you're going to want to be a Patreon member. And again, let's take this moment right now to thank all of our Forbidden Dorks, uh, those of us who are joining here for this Christmas, New Year's, whatever this <laughs> event is, uh, or throughout the entire year. It's been an absolute blast getting to do some of those extra Patreon shows. And you get roasts of Barry Horowitz, which are just as fun as the main roasts. And we can be weird and esoteric, unlike mainstream people like Jericho's wife. <laughs> I haven't agreed to that yet, but we'd probably be doing it. Um, and uh, Scott's gone. And Scott's <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I forgot like our Mania show was this year, and that definitely was a high spot. And and so is yeah, this. Yeah, I think you guys so many. Oh, and dude, the number one high spot this week is our fucking signs being on AEW television. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, we didn't do a high spot, low spot of the week, but that this was is dope. I mean, unbelievable. We're not really having high spot, low spot in the show because we got to get to cameos now. But thank you guys for showing the support. Really, I mean, I really love our fan base, man. All five of them. Um, I mean, but, the fact that you guys chose to promote this show instead of give your unnecessary video game opinions like everyone else at a AEW crowd, God bless you. Yeah, thank you, guys. At least one that sign that about really Castlevania. Cool. Scott, do you have any plugs? shit about Chrono Trigger and Earthbound? Wash your hands. Scott, do you have any plugs before we get to Cameo? Oh, my other podcast, Out for Smokes. 
really funny clips. I saw one today with uh, Racine talking about an Italian guy yelling at a grocery store. Super funny. Oh, yeah, that was his reflection. Yep. Dan plugged Scott's show by saying a really funny moment from the other co-host who's not here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just give Scott something, Mike. Uh, let's, let's go. Let's go you to Canada. <laughs> You're right. Um, all right, let's get to cameos, folks. Um, and also, anybody who's had a hard year this year, 2022, hasn't been the best for me. I know it hasn't been the best for some of you dorks out there. And, uh, you know, I think 2023 is going to be the year for all of us. So uh, ugh, there we go. All right. All right. So if there's one thing. It's I've... the Jordan year, 23. Right. It's the Jordan year. We're all going to do great. It's all the Jordan maybe. year. Fuck yeah, dude. And I got a new pair of Jordans. So I'm fucking well, excited. There, there you there go. You go. Uh, let me, let me, just, let me just say this. In... <laughs> yeah, my dad will also die because of my gambling debts. <laughs> in, May, in May of 2021. You know, we we were matched with our first kid, and it didn't happen. And I bought an AEW onesie then, and I still have an AEW onesie. And then Logan was born in November, and I'm much more hesitant to put him in it, but I'm still going to and go into the next year with a minimum excitement for wrestling. Well, I love that Mike took have a beautiful book, moment too. of having a child and turn it into a snarky comment about a wrestling promotion. I, I will, I I will both, give a Dan. quick shout out right now. Uh, I see uh, Natish has his child. Declan had his child there before. Yeah. Exposing your children to wrestle roasts is a great idea. Uh, they are both destined for greatness going forward. Uh, I will just say, as, as Zach is going to be the one playing the cameos, one thing we learned last year we should probably mute ourselves so you can actually hear the cameo rather than us talking over over them. That was a feedback we got last year. Oh, okay. I wanted to remember right. that. So uh, we'll all cool. go on mute. Zach, I will let you field this. Uh, you yeah. can kind of drive I'm gonna, this going Let's forward. start out with mine to Mike's, okay? Hello, my name is Lanny Pavel, formerly the genius of WWE and the very proud brother of Macho Man Randy Sabbath. Oh, yeah. To Mike from Dan, instructions. Mike is just a huge fan of your poetry. Wow, and this is supposed to be a pep talk, so let me give you a little pep. Be humble when victorious, be noble in defeat. Be there when your neighbor hasn't got enough to eat. Try to love your enemy and always be aware that World Cup or Super Bowl, the tortoise beats the hare. And now, that I wrote that for my daughter in 2002, and now she's 38 years old, and she keeps it in her front pocket, and I hope to think it makes it different in her life as a pep talk. But I was thinking, I don't think plagiarism's a joke, and it's not plagiarism if you give the artist credit. I wrote that poem, but now I'm going to give you a poem by Robert Service, who was known as the Canadian Kipling. Of course, Rudyard Kipling. And this is a pep talk, and I feel it's helped me a lot. Maybe it'll help you. Okay. By the way, um, Mike, uh, I just want to say something to Dan. Thank you for choosing me, and I hope you enjoy this. And uh, I don't really remember this poem. I'll do my best. Uh, it's been years. And he goes, it's easy to fight when everything's right and you're mad with the thrill and the glory. It's easy to cheer when victory's near and to wallow in fields that are gory. 
It's a different song when everything's wrong and you're feeling infernally mortal. When it's ten against one and hope there is none, buck up, little soldier, and chortle. Carry on, carry on. There isn't much punch in your blow. You're glaring and staring. You're hitting out blind. You're muddy, you're bloody, but never you mind. Carry on, carry on. You haven't a ghost of a show. It's looking like death, but while you have breath, carry on, my son, carry on. And so in the strife of the battle of life, it's easy to fight when you're winning. It's easy to slave, to starve and be brave when the dawn of success is beginning. But the man who can meet despair and defeat with a cheer, that's the man of God's choosing. The man who can fight up to heaven's own height is the man who can fight when he's losing. Carry on, carry on. Things never were looming so black. But show that you haven't a cowardly streak. And though you're unlucky, you never are weak. Carry on, carry on. Brace up for another attack. It's not looking well, but you never can tell. Carry on, old man, carry on. There are some who drift out into deserts of doubt and some who in brutishness wallow. There are others I know who in piety go because of a heaven to follow. But to labor with zest and to give up your best for the sweetness and joy of the giving, to help folks along with a hand or a song, now that's the real sunshine of living. Carry on, carry on. Fight the good fight and true. Believe in your mission. Greet life with a cheer. There's big work to do, but that's why you are here. Carry on, carry on. Let the world be better for you. So at last when you die, let this be your cry. Carry on, my soul, carry on. Now I hope you enjoyed that. And like I said, Dan, thank you for choosing me. And Mike, I don't know what you're going through, but there's nothing a little poetry can't help you. As you can see, I'm wearing my Ecuador shirt. I've been living in Ecuador for over two years. I love it here, but I am going to be moving soon uh, from Quito, Ecuador, perhaps to Cotacachi. We'll see. And either way, I just want to say thank you for choosing me, and I appreciate it, and I hope I helped a little. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> I couldn't even listen. I only listened to the first half when I got the video because I'm like, oh, man, this is going on way too And just watching Mike for this, like Mike going from laughing and just seeing the soul leave his fucking body when he realizes this wasn't going to end. Oh, Mike, oh, I'm just so glad he got that. Well, now we know how Macho Man died. <laughs> <laughs> he was on the phone with him in the car. Like, oh, this is going to go asking to read something at, at, at Randy's funeral. <laughs> Everybody is writing that we need to do redo worst promo of the year. <laughs> usually, usually when Lanny does that, you get to Hannibal going, okay, that was good, but uh, what was Brett like in real life? Uh, yes. <laughs> The pride really, of Quito, like, Ecuador. The cameo is to capture the awkwardness of the person. <laughs> and holy shit. <laughs> That's crazy, man. By, by the way, just as every uh, dork should remember, that's the Poffo that reproduced. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. what big dick energy sounds like. 
Yeah, well, he's got a huge cock. That's true. And he he just did to us what people have accused Randy of doing to Stephanie. <laughs> <sighs> All right. All right. Oh my god. I'm gonna go next. Right. Okay. Somebody wrote, wait, usually on Cameo, you can tell they have something better to do with their time. Not that one. <laughs> Please don't let it end, for I finally have found a friend. It's so funny. Like, I did the James Elvers one. It was like 40 seconds, and then this was like a fucking soliloquy. Wait <laughs> oh, till you see this one. All right, everybody ready? Mm-hmm. Well, hello, Dan. Brian Alvarez here. Wrestling Observer Radio, Wrestling Observer Live. Figure Four Daily with Landstorm. Filthy Four Daily with Tom Lawler. Who literally in about uh, 12 hours should be kicking the ass of Katsuyori Shibata at the Inoki Bombayé Show. Brian Bay Show. Death of WCW, former ICW, ICWA, Texarkana television champion. And yes, a member of the prestigious Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame Committee. Here to wish you a very happy holiday season. Because, in fact, I heard from Zach. I don't know who Zach is in terms of a relationship to you. Father, brother, friend, Roman countryman. But anyway, he told me all about you. And you know, I have, I have young children. And here, here on the holiday season, they had things that they wanted for Christmas. And as a father, I steered oh. them. In the direction of things that, well, that Santa would be able to bring. You know, I don't know how long you've been listening, but uh, almost 20 years ago now, Admin Tony's son, Cliff, he oh. was a youngster, three, four years old. And we recorded him saying a famous line, Vinny is a gooba, which we played on the show. That was Cliff's first appearance on the show. And then, decades later, the uh, the Christmas show this year on the video site, Clifford played a heavy metal version of Jingle Bells to open up the show. That was Clifford. If you watch Observer Live, that's Clifford's hard rock music that we play before the show. What's the point, you ask? Why are you wasting my cameo time with this story? Well, when Cliff was about six years old, seven years old, he played a lot of video games. And one snowy December, when it was time to ask young Clifford, what would you like Santa to bring you? Well, did Clifford say, oh man, I'd like a, I'd like an Avatar doll, or I'd like a Darth Vader stuffy, or whatever. Oh, no. Oh, no. What did Clifford want from Santa? Well, what he wanted was a video game that didn't exist. 
He wanted a video game where there was this character and he searched for this and these were the bad guys and this is what you... He had this whole video game he created in his head. He wanted it from Santa. And every day he said, this is the game I want from Santa Claus. You can imagine my sister. So, in fact, Christmas came. His stocking was overflowing with gifts. And you know what he didn't get? That video game. And legend has it, he refused to speak for the next three months. What is the point of this story, you're asking? Well, Dan... Zach tells me here that what you want for Christmas is to be a part of the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame committee. And I'm sorry, Dan, but this is like when young Clifford asked for that video game where Mario was on a skateboard and he skated down the ramp and jumped into a Galagos ship or whatever. The matter is, this won't be in your stocking, my friend. But you know what? It's not because I'm a, I'm a mean guy. It's because Dave is Santa Claus. But unlike the real Santa Claus, nobody knows how this man operates. Even myself. I couldn't tell you one other guy on the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame committee. I don't know who's on it. I don't know how you get on. I don't know how you get removed. I don't know anything about it. The ways of Dave Meltzer, Dan, much like evolution, it's a mystery. Perhaps, perhaps if you harass him every year, perhaps if you send along a resume, I don't know, maybe someday you too be a member of the prestigious Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame Committee. But you know what I will do for you, Dan? If you send me an email, brian at wrestlingobserver.com, I can't say that I will officially put you on the panel of the Matt Cleary Memorial Brian and Vinny and Craig Hall of Awesome I will take your pick strongly into consideration. Because that, my friend, is something I can control. And it's the next best thing. But yes, I can't help you with that Christmas gift. But what I can do is wish you a wonderful holiday season. Give you the old salute. Thank old Zach for thinking of me and you. And thinking I got a great cheap gift for old Dan. And I hope you have a great holiday season. I hope you continue to listen. I hope you continue to send me your picks to the Hall of Awesome. And who knows? Who knows? You know what I am? Just some geek from Bothell. Just a dork. But somehow I got on that. Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame Committee, even though I haven't voted in about nine years. Anything is possible, my friend.
Don't give up. And maybe next year, you'll get that gift in your stocking. Merry Christmas, my friends. I'll talk to you again after a while. Oh, my God. After that, Lenny Poffo like, did that cameo for Mike, and then Brian Alvarez was like, hold my fucking beer. Yeah, one, I mean, yeah, that was... that, fuck everything about politeness. How but dare he? I feel sick. like we... This episode has become an expose now about Brian Alvarez. What the fuck was that? That's like harassment at this point. That was right? that was so bad. And and you know, you know what you know what sucks about it the most? He was enjoying it. No one else was, but he was having such a fucking blast being that terrible for that. <laughs> that is Dan. And, I hope you they, know that they, that's they, what that is. Fucking audacity to think that I would. I would solely myself. I have an IMDb page, okay, with the with the Brian and Vinny Awesome Awards. Go fuck yourself. I am an observer, Hall of Fame candidate voter, okay? I'm not a fucking Mike. I, fuck you, you piece of shit. Fuck you. Dan, <laughs> no, 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 Dan, wait, Dan wait, you're wait, doing wait, an hour for us. You want in. You want in. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's already emailed him while that was going on. Uh <laughs> Six minutes into the 17-minute cameo that Brian Alvarez recorded. Yeah, do these guys not know what the word fucking cameo means? These are full feature films. Yeah, they're not not starring. All right. We can't ask for a starring role. Zach, let's let's do my next because I need a fucking palate cleanser because I've been drinking way too much during this. Mine's a question. Mine will perk this I mean, I think, like, I think we're going to have less of listeners next week because of that fucking cameo. I might not listen next week because of this fucking cameo. Oh, my God. All it's right. crazy to think. You know the guy I don't produced- even want to ver- vote in the Observer Hoffman, but if you guys could tweet at Dave and say I'd be a good addition, that'd be great. I'm, I'm amazed the guy that produces this show thought that that would be good to put in it. <laughs> I might not wash my hands again because of this. <laughs> Oh, I may I may just cut my hands off and pretend I'm doing a Saudi show. You know what? What is amazing? He does so much. He creates so much wrestling content. <laughs> Somebody weekly. already is threatening to quit our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, now let me let me let me tell you, Ken, who's threatening that. Where else are you going to go, wrestling fan? Because it sure ain't over there. <laughs> yeah, that guy charges to listen to that audio. What the fuck is he thinking? What I'm saying is, like, he has a wife, you know, and he's already recording so much content weekly that you'd think he'd go, oh, yeah, cameos, I'll be quick, don't worry. No, he wants to stay in that room all day. I mean, that's good for the kids. That's the secret to their marriage. He's never there. My wife has been silent in the kitchen eating, and she had to listen to that, and I could just feel her anger from the next room. All right, on to the next one. Thank you, Zach. Though that was very thoughtful. All right, sorry Zach, about that, guys. Zach, yeah, Zach, you, yeah, that was uh, that was my. It wasn't, mind. it wasn't your fault. No, you gave Dan what he deserves. Okay? Yes. <laughs> Brian Alves is not what what listeners of this podcast wanted, but it is what they needed. No, he should have watched that in a KFC Taco Bell bathroom by himself. The problem was we all listened to it. <laughs> all right, Zach. Next one. Comedian, tell me a joke like your aspirations or the things you hope. 
You say all the time AW's dope, but you should spend more time rubbing the soap. You worked at a slaughterhouse, and I ain't judgmental. Blood stained clothes, but it's probably menstrual. I heard that you were on Comedy Central. I would watch, but I'd rather be shot in the temple. Yeah, Scott, you're a uh, comedian, apparently. I looked you up, a couple podcasts, kind of funny, not going to lie, but you have been roasted by the best, the Platinum Playboy, President Platinum, the best wrestler alive, one half of the World Tag Team Champions, I got a replica back there, uh, Platinum Max, um, but thank you for being a fan, have a very happy holiday, Scott. Uh, keep telling the jokes, stay out there on the grind, that's what we're all doing, we're out there grinding for the fans, for the people, and for ourselves, deep down, deep down, we do it for ourselves, so peace, and I hope you get to scissor this holiday, uh, oh yeah, scissor, (laughs) yeah. Alright, so not quite Lanny Poffo. But I think it wow, got that the was job great. Done. That Fantastic. Was, dude, my was, God. My, my God. God. We brought up the slaughterhouse. That was amazing. That was so, so, so. I don't so even good. have comments on that one. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that was indicative of. Weekly. Holy shit. Yeah. That, that was indicative of the issues of race in America that we were bombarded with white mediocrity for 20 minutes <laughs> and then it was overcome with black excellence. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's that trying to get stabbed. Phenomenal, hot damn! <laughs> that was that was like it was it was amazing because like he actually is doing things like he was doing this in addition to the other things in his life. Those other guys don't have lives. Amazing. Again, really sorry about that, guys. <laughs> no, <laughs> no you know, it's not, it's not you. It's Alvarez, man. Yeah, yeah. We don't blame. It's like it's like blaming like. Meltzer for not counting marbles correctly, or you know what I mean. You're 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 not Zach. You're not the ghost. You're you're you know Walter Peck who opened the containment unit. That's all. <laughs> I don't like that, but okay. <laughs> yeah, that didn't help. I don't think. All right, who's next? Uh, I'll, I'll go next. This was uh, for Robert. <laughs> all right. Hey, God, this shit, Nick fucking gauge and you know how i start this off shout out to my mdk gang members around the world and i'm making this video for one of my realest gang members i want to give a big mdk happy hanukkah shout out to my gang member robert and robert i just want to start off by saying thank you for repping the mdk gang the right way i want to say thank you for supporting me nick gauge for all these years because let's keep it real robert if it wasn't for you or the rest of the gang i wouldn't be here right now i wouldn't be doing my passion and i wouldn't be gcw world champion so i want to say thank you i want to wish you a happy hanukkah to you and your family and next time you see me robert you come up to me and say what's up shout out to mike for booking this shit and you two already know what the fuck it is it's MDK all fucking day. Happy Hanukkah, Robert. What the actual fuck just happened? <laughs> oh, my God. 
Oh, Dude, was- every time he said Happy Hanukkah, it was just so. I bet you that Another was the first time out. he ever said Happy Hanukkah. Oh, it felt like the most anti-Semitic thing I've ever heard in my life. You had to spell it without the C when you sent it to him, right? You you know that was the first time that he's heard of Hanukkah because most dentists are Jewish. Oh, and uh, because he definitely can't afford a candle. <laughs> Uh, all right, final. And there one. was and a few people pointed this out. I didn't notice it until they pointed out in the chat. But yes, there were like there was like a bug on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> a bug the whole time. <laughs> That's the bug that knows all of Teddy Hart's secrets. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fly on the My wall. My hope is that right. that cameo pays for the bump that finally finishes off Nick Gage. Hey, that cameo kept a bank from being robbed. You're welcome. <laughs> exactly. He was recording it from the bank. <laughs> he used that to buy a pizza cutter. No <laughs> pizza, though. That, that would have cost extra. <laughs> I'm just amazed he didn't accuse Robert of controlling the banks. <laughs> All right, last one. What's up, Zach? It's Brandon Cutler here from AEW. Your friend Scott wanted me to wish you a happy Christmas or Merry Christmas, uh, but I'm a little late on that. I'm recording this now the day after Christmas. I'm sorry I couldn't get to you in time. I wasn't Santa speed. I didn't get it there. But I got this fun Christmas shirt I'm wearing right now. Look at that. Oh, snap. Oh, snap with the gingerbread man. There you go. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas, uh, happy holidays and stuff. Hope you have a great new year. I hope you wore a terrible Christmas shirt like that. Uh, so I'm seeing here and saying you're the best producer and wingman in uh, your friend's field and I am that to the elite well thank you very much for the kind words and also look at us being uh, what is it kindred spirits being producers and wingman look at us so do your friends tell you to shut up like my friends tell me (laughs) Uh, right, and one last thing wash your hands hey oh man that was the first ever cameo where the celebrity paid you to do it. Oh, yeah. Dude. I'm, I'm so sorry. He's such a dweeb. Well, I thought that was, I mean, look, man, they were all fun in their own way. You know what I mean? I mean, even like, I mean, Alvarez bombing was fun. You know, Lanny Papa, we know he's in Ecuador now. Brandon. Yeah, Gallagher. we know what street he's looking at houses on. Was that what the end of Papa's thing was? Yeah. I, just think, I, I just think it was a great decision to, to go with the, Two really long crowd killing ones first, and then <laughs> end with fun joy. Oh, but what a blast of an episode! Uh, I want to thank all my co-hosts, Mike, Scott, and Robert. I want to thank our producer Zach, uh, and most of all, I want to thank you guys for listening to us. We hope you have a happy new year, and uh, check out the secret roast on Patreon. Take care. <laughs>